Well, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Scrap Time. My name is Ben Nassim. I am joined, as always, by my host, world champion coach, world champion player as well, Mr. James Crowder, a.k.a. Crowder. And guys, we're in season two of the show, and we're excited because it's our first post-matches show we've done this season. And you know what it means. We're going to talk about all the matches, all the teams. We're going to break down some crazy gameplay uh, from this weekend. I got to be honest, the matches were like pretty lit this weekend. So uh, let's get into it. I'm going to start with you, Chris. First off, how was your weekend? How did the team play? Let's let's dive in here. My weekend was fantastic, Ben. We, you know, it was it's match weekend again, dude. So we were just kind of chilling, doing some warm-up scrims, doing some regular scrims, watching some VOD, preparing for matches. It felt like we were back in the season, dude. It was great. Uh, so I, I had a good time. Not much to do other than Call of Duty and a couple of workouts here and there and a lot of VOD, but... I had a I had a good weekend. Uh, I was happy with the team. I'm sure we'll get into that soon. And then, yeah, how about yourself, dude? What 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 were you up to other than watching COD? You do anything special? Well, let's let's talk about it. Like, in probably the same reason as people are probably like, why is the show screaming on YouTube and not like we've done on Twitch in the past? As you probably you guys have seen and heard, like there were some interesting policy shifts, like an hour before matches on Friday. Um, and kind of the long and short of it, and I've been dealing with it all week with in regards to my personal channel, the flank. I know it's affected like Scump and Zuma, and it really is sort of policy that now prevents people that are on Twitch from showing any gameplay. And there are uh, issues of DMCA in play right now. So unfortunately, like we had six or seven months to sort out these issues. And it seemed like as of Tuesday of last week, like we were in a good spot. And then I, something changed the day before the matches and it caused chaos all weekend. So hoping to get more clarity now that we're into the work week on those issues. Um, but essentially like if we want to do the show and show clips and gameplay, we can't do it on Twitch. So that's why right now we are on YouTube. Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. why we're doing it right now on YouTube and getting all the, getting all the gameplay clips. I know a lot of people, especially with our show want to see, like we do a lot of gameplay breakdown as much as we can. Well, at least Ben, you know, Ben breaks it down. Sometimes I chime in when I, when, when I'm allowed, but, uh, yeah, no, I feel like that's a big, big part of our show too. Obviously, the flank and everyone, and of course the breakdown. So, hopefully, that uh, gets figured out. I don't. Again, there's probably some ways. Well, you know, probably can't get super into it, but uh, I'm sure there's a couple ways that they might be able to figure it out. But I hope so. But regardless, I think everyone's. I think everyone shows. Uh, I watched a little bit of the breakdown, a little bit of the flank when I could, and I feel like they were they were they were ran well on YouTube though. Like I felt like the viewership was there for both. I, I feel like both both parties had good viewership for their for their. Uh, streams i feel like the community was still su super supportive of them and you know it was nice to see everyone still do well in that sense like i don't know I, I, at least like there's like a little bit of a a little bit of a optimistic view there but i definitely think they need to try and figure out the best way to get everything obviously broken down on twitch because i i feel like after the match is over or something like i don't know that's kind of crazy like right and so realistically before we go into anything i like even if we wanted to do the show like is there like not like a rule of like it's like completely exclusive. I, I I guess what I'm trying to get at is like a week from the match. If I want to stream on Twitch and one of my viewers is like, yo, that play on this and that like happened. And I just pull up the CDL game and talk about it. Like I like that's not allowed. Like, like no matter what. Is that how that works? Yeah, basically. Okay. And I, I want to be careful because yeah, yeah, it's, no. I'm just I'm like just curious. An there's no situation. Time, yeah. yeah. But basically the communication I got over the weekend was like. If you're on Twitch mm -hmm. and you pre or post game and you're watching highlights, anything yeah. that is anything content on YouTube, even yeah. if it's cut downs, you're subject to potential DMCA. Okay. So 
I know that this affects a lot of people. Yeah. Um, as you all probably saw, like, you know, as a solidarity thing, like we did a, a breakdown flank episode on Sunday that happened. That literally happened and came together in like 12 hours, literally like Saturday night, Tom and I hopped on a call with Zen and Zen was like, yo, you guys down to do this. And Tom and I were like, bet. And then literally the three of us, their producer, Riley and Seth hopped on a text and we're texting at like 2 AM trying to figure shit out. Like uh, Riley and I spoke like at 8 AM after that to like figure things out. Like it's just, it's, it, it was a very, again, because this all was communicated very late in the process, the whole weekend was just crazy. So I'm hoping with like the work, we can cool our heads. We can get to a good kind of compromise where YouTube can, you know, respect and protect their intellectual property, but we don't fester the growth of the community across multiple platforms because the whole goal of all of this in general for everybody should be doing what's best for the community, mm -hmm. making sure that people can consume content in different ways. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But I think for now we are on YouTube. Um, so I don't want to speak on it yeah. more. It's just, it's complex situation, but let, let's get into it. Okay. You guys know how this goes. We always start these, any episode, especially these type episodes, asking Chris about Atlanta phase. So uh, you guys played two matches this week, one against Boston, which did go to a last map and LA thieves, which you guys did three Oh, um, Two and zero, oh, um, but I assume for you is not you know like the most perfect cod of all time. It's first week. There's always stuff to work on. How would you assess your team's performance after the weekend? Um, it was all right. Like it was good. Like I, I think the LA Thieves match was a lot cleaner for the most part. There is still sometimes you know like some things we could obviously get better at, and we're gonna go back and watch that today and figure it all out. But uh, overall, I was happy with it. I mean, opening weekend, you know, you haven't played a match. You don't really know exactly how matches play out compared to scrims. Of course, there's going to be some hills that are a little harder to break, some hills that are easier to break, and just so on and so forth with that. But uh, I, I like the way we played overall. Uh, the Boston match, I, I think we were slaying them so much that it, that it actually helped them in the sense, like, there was a couple plays yeah. where, like, we got, like, six dead. And they spawn like we, we spawned them behind us, or we gifted them a spawn because we were just killing them so much, and we forgot like, hey, let's start playing Call of Duty where you know, take a map control. Yeah, but the thing spawns. is, is like a lot of the times, if one of us just died, if they they actually just like if someone could have just killed one of them, it probably would have helped us. But like since we were slaying them so much, like we we kind of just like got too too much like too forward on it, and that's a good and a bad thing. Obviously, it's a good thing that you're slaying another team and they they weren't like keeping up as much, but at the same yeah. time, like. You got to be smart enough to know, like, where if you have that much slaying power, you're going to have to slow down and someone has to take a back seat and block a spawn here and there, right? You got to communicate it. Uh, we watched that back on some of those plays of how, like, we could have gotten more active with some of the kills and, like, we saw, like, what we did right and wrong and we kind of improved on it. And then the LA Thieves match, I mean, it was, again, a closer match in the sense of that hard point. There was a few things that, like, we still have to kind of go over and talk about, but uh, it's also another thing, too, where, like, some of these maps in the early season, I think this will get better as teams get better and people adapt and get better during matches. Uh, the, I mean, some of these hills are just hard to break and stuff. So it's like, you can outplay a team on P1, P2 and get like 70, 80 points. But then if they get P3 on a Karachi, it's, it's a tie game, right? Like, of course, LA Thieves, I think we started off getting that first P3, but that's just my point. It's, it's going to be some closer hard points here and there to start. I think the better teams get and the more people start to adapt and realize like, hey, like, in matches, this hill is really hard to break. We got to really be ahead on this hill, but on this hill, we don't have to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, figure that out. Yeah. I think uh, you'll see people get more comfortable. But uh, overall, I was super happy. I think uh, the team, you know, played great. Winning matches is all that matters. And especially opening weekend. I think the last couple of years, our opening weekend, 
uh, record wasn't like great. So to start off two and zero is is very nice, obviously, to the season, especially because we've been playing really good in scrims. So it's nice to you know get out to a hot start. You guys also like to be fair about the getting too many kills and not doing basics. You guys also did get screwed by a spawn I've never seen before. Um, um invasion what? control. Oh, are you talking about uh, that was against Boston? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're capsule spawn street. Yeah, but like, yeah, you don't see that spawn often. But like again, like Simp's going on a goddamn rampage. He's got like thirty plus kills before like half the lot. You know, like he's like he's just slamming people, and then like him pushing up into the palace and like being so aggressive. Where like we were all like again, we had him in such a demon trap that like we forgot just to like not let them spawn there, and all of a sudden we went from like dominating and probably going up two zero there, or like you know like or going up another round there to. Losing that defense, that's a defensive sided map. You lose the defense. Now all of a sudden, like you put yourself in a bit like, oh shit, like if we don't win yeah. this offense, we lose. So it's like that's why it was hard to be like super upset for a match one losing like that. Just because like that's something that's super fixable. And that's what we did. Next time we played that map, we talked about like making sure like slowing it down a little bit, like making sure we're obviously communicating like what exactly needs to be done and just get better and improve. So it definitely sucked, but at the same time, like that's no excuse for losing like we got to be better than that and that's why you watch vod and get better with matches that's why i'm so happy the cdl's back because getting better from a match is a lot easier than getting better from a scrim you can obviously do both but like the match vod and the match atmosphere it's just awesome so i'm stoked let's uh i got a couple more questions for you you're gonna hate this question uh, i already know it's back it's back i already know you're back it's sit back i mean i've been hearing it for the last like seven shows like i don't know dude Maybe, you tell me like i mean listen we pretty good so we COD. did the, the flank breakdown show yesterday we all universally agreed first person on that that team of the week she was simp i mean he just in both series he was just a dynamic player and i assume you feel like i, I know chris has talked about it a little bit that like there was some stuff he had to work on in the offseason kind of find some little spark here or there again but man like he he looks like he looks like he's picking up where he left off on another 150 hard, uh, uh health point game we played recently so yeah i assume that's 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 something good for you guys i would say not gonna let you answer that question because you got annoyed at me but let me actually ask you a question i think you'll give a real answer to which is i know the draws didn't play you didn't drop a one two this weekend but you guys went two and oh you do you think there's any few things that draws has got to work on or it's just you no. know the points you highlighted earlier bro we've been talking about this for like the years of atlanta phase like you don't need someone on this team to drop a 1.2 to make us better like in the sense like our 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 other fourths weren't dropping 1.2s and we were still able to get first place in the league in that sense and obviously like make runs and contenders we could have won more lost more whatever but like i don't care about Draza's stats or any of their stats as much as they're playing the game correctly and trying to help themselves like you know be the best team that they can be Draza plays at a pace right now that like he's trying to keep up with Simba to BZ and he does, you know, in, in the sense of like he's being there with an AR and all that stuff. And like he enables Simp to do what like we can have Simp do. He enables a BZ and selling him to do like be able to play their game and he enables himself sometimes too. Like, I mean, I watch Draza play scrims all the time and have absolutely insane maps. And then I watch him sometimes where like he's playing slow, but then someone else is playing hot because of it. You know what I mean? So I don't think he needs to work on anything right now. I think he played great. Like, to be honest, statistically, I didn't even care about like who did good or bad. I care about like who made the right play at the right like the right time type thing. So, in that sense, no, I think our team just needs to work on when we are playing very well, using our kills a little bit more efficiently, efficiently, and just like in the sense of like 
staying ahead of the game, making sure we're rotating, make sure we're make sure we're doing stuff like that. So it's like I don't think that's a him thing as much as it's like all of us. Like again, if we get seven kills, let's block the spawn so they don't spawn behind us. You know what I mean? Like that things like that where they, if the kill feed's all red and we're getting a bunch of kills, we need to make sure that like someone's blocking the next spawn so they don't spawn behind us so all those kills aren't useless. So little things like that. But uh, I, I think he's been great for them so far. I think his energy helps them out a lot. So I, I don't really think he needs to work on anything as much as like our team does. Like in general, just to always get better. <clears throat> cool. Well, we'll move on. I know you guys got, um, do you have one or two games left before the break? Um, I think it's two, right? I know we play Seattle next, but I don't know. the. Let me see. I can get the exact schedule up here in a second. Yeah, you guys have Seattle and then that's it. And then you got the break. Oh, I thought we don't have a second Vegas. match. Oh, that just kind of yeah. made me sad. I thought it was two. I knew we had Seattle. I just, damn. Yeah, I assume you'd rather have four. I, would we, rather, yeah, I mean, the more CS3. matches, the better, bro. The, the match, the yeah. match spirit, like the match, the atmosphere of matches, even like when you scrim with matches coming up, even the scrims are, you know, just like more fun. So like that sucks. I thought we had a second one. I guess not. But I knew we played the surge on Saturday. But well, okay. let's talk about Seattle because that's going to be a really good game because mm -hmm. Seattle went off to an uh, to an start, you know, over the summer, I think, and I think for fair reasons, there was some criticism about this team composition because of how some of these players played last season, um, and really the lack of, you know, Abuza coming in and playing a sub more like what he played in AR last year. This seems like a little bit of a role mismatch, but they've come in, they've looked really good. They, uh, they had a pretty impressive three-one victory over Thieves and another three-one over Boston. I know that both of the teams that we named there. 0 and 2, and we'll get to them later, but I mean, you can only be who's in front of you. Chris, what impressed you the most about the Seattle Surge this weekend? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was impressive just because they've been pretty good in scrims. Like, I think, like, I guess if you would say, like, they like followed up, like, how they've been in scrims, like, I, I think a lot of teams, I think, had them and LA Thieves. I think I even said it last, like, last show. Uh, LA Thieves and them are like on their list of like teams that might be overperforming, quote unquote, just because people kind of had a lot of criticism uh, criticism for uh, Seattle, but uh, and and LA Thieves, but I I think they just played well. I, I think um, they're a good terminal team, and they're gonna like people are, you know people are probably gonna start thinking about not not playing them on that already. Just the way I feel like who plays yeah like play who plays on it really well, and they're they're good at that map the way it is. But just in general, like. I think they're a team that's been practicing a lot. They play a lot. Like people like Illy and Hook specifically, I think uh, play a lot of Call of Duty. Like they grind. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna find all like the ratty nerdy stuff that they need to, and that's like really really respectable. And then I think Abuza is kind of living up to the standards he needed to to be to, to to like for this team to do well, right? Like a lot of people had like the question mark. Like if Abuza is good, they're good. If he's not then this might be like rocky with them, especially with the whole AR sub thing. So I think this team's just doing well. I mean, they have a good coach, they have a good team and they just, they, you know, they started off hot. Like, I think that's a good thing for them. So I, I think they're in the top five team contention easily. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. way they've been playing in scrims and stuff too, even before these matches. So I think a lot of people that have been playing against them know that they're a good team. So doing what they're doing right now is cool. It's nice to see. Yeah. I, I agree with you on the terminal thing. I mean, they, 4-0 on Terminal this weekend. Uh, two of those mm -hmm. wins were in search, which, you know, the way Terminal S&D plays out is off your offensive threats are pretty limited on that map. One effective way is really just to kind of bang out on offense, and it's obviously a mixed bag if you don't win the gunfights. Yep. It's just really hard to it's really hard to play the map slow on offense. Like, they, the other team needs to really scam. And Hardpoint, and we've kind of talked this to death, the spawns in Hardpoint and the way that map sets up with the hills, like, it, it is just a battle to hold 
security side on most of the most hills. of it yeah um g1 obviously i think bad side because the wall bangs is probably pretty good and obviously plain side but for burger for library for dreams hill you want the um secure side spawns and so um yeah i i just see and you know, they're gonna play optic next an optic or a team that i could see them maybe squaring up on a terminal hard point but i don't know about terminal search i think optic would be wise not to play that map and if i were optic try and get on and we'll talk about them later like a skid row type deal something that fits their team a little bit more so uh really curious to see uh and the nice thing about seattle is we're going to see them play some good squads obviously as you named you're going to play them next week optic plays them as well so those are two big tests and then they play toronto after that so we will know very quickly here by the middle of january if the seattle team is maybe better than top five chris yeah. They might they no, might push he, themselves higher in that conversation. Oh, for sure. I like I don't think I don't I don't think anyone when I said top five, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, like I, I don't think anyone can be considered top anything right now. So you know I mean? like even us. Like like I, I don't think like I think right now is like the top five, top six, like you have those teams that are like kind of floating around and like how they start piecing it together in matches and like really proving it, especially after the first event too, when like you actually see people play on the big stage. I think that's when you're gonna start really like getting your solidified five or six teams that are really, really good. But again, you have to kind of wait. I think people have like their predictions, but it's very hard to tell right away what's going on. Cause at the end of the day, like doing well in scrims, you have to translate it. Right. And then obviously you have to translate the online matches to land. So you have to wait and see, but they can definitely do that easily. They've been playing well. <clears throat> well, let's talk about another uh, top five team. And again, guys, we, we're going to try and for the show cover all 12 teams. So we may not, always go as in depth as you guys like. And if you have specific questions, ask them in the chat. Absolutely. But generally for these first couple of episodes, we're going to try and talk about everybody as we get more into the season. And like, to be honest, some of the bottom teams like continue to struggle. I don't know if we're going to give them a lot of airtime, but I want to talk about optic Texas because again, Seattle play them uh, next. And I thought optic had a like really interesting weekend and actually gave us some plays that we can break down with their team. Um, you know, of the other top teams, they have made, you know, two changes in significant ways that that alters the way their team plays as compared to your team. Chris, you brought in draws, MC moves into a main role, but the rest of it's like pretty plug and play. Envoy comes in Toronto, plug and play. New York uh, brings in Dante for Preston, and it seems like they haven't skipped a beat for Optic. I think there's some work to do, especially with the subs. And so I think they had some issues against New York, lost the game five, and we'll break down some plays in a sec. But they had a pretty clean one against um, against LAG. They definitely outclassed LAG. Um, in uh uh not LG rather sorry um who are they playing uh minnesota rocker rather <laughs> they really outclassed rocker on the evasion skid rows that they played mm -hmm. um control was pretty close and and SD they trolled but let's actually get into search weirdly enough optic this weekend played three S and D's. they all went to game five and new york uh and uh, optic lost all five uh, all three of them the first one which is the high rise against new york i don't think we're gonna break down i mean that was basically just a case of like New York like hard hit B Street and just killed Dashy, and then they were kind of screwed three before high rise defense, like just trying to make plays. The other two and and the subsequent rounds, I think before the game five for the second one, we should break down because I think it highlights like my biggest issue watching Optic. And I don't know if you agree with their searches. Like they tactically have a decent understanding of how they want to play, but then they take it one step too far, and they basically like either as a group of two they overheat, or as individual players and mostly. Example, I saw either Pred or Shotzi just kind of individually could just held irons, put their controller down. They probably win some of these rounds. Yeah, I mean, that that's like the the double-edged sword that a lot of players and teams, especially when you like get a team like Optic or, you know, any talented team have is like 
those players, the reason why those teams are so good or they become so good or those players are so good is because of how talented they can be. And like finding that balance is tough because like those players are so good because of the plays that they make and the plays that they're able to make, right? Like, you know, like they're able to do some of these individual plays and like get away with it because they're able to like use their gun skill or their movement or their talent to get out of it and get a killer or a two piece or a three piece. Like they win you games like that. But of course, on the flip side, you know, when they do it once and, you know, it's the wrong time and they die, it's like, well, damn, if you just dropped your controller, you know, we probably would have won that. I've had that conversation before in that sense, too. It's just like finding the 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 happy medium of that is like, you know, kind of where you really like become like a really, really scary team. And I'm sure like with this optic team, like I think this is a really talented team. I think they just have to figure out like when and when not they want to do things like that or obviously like, you know if they can communicate more, I'm sure there's like little things that they already know that it is, but I wouldn't be too worried about it right now. Like I think they're just going to have to like go back and watch it and figure the little things out for them. But I think that's just kind of, sometimes that's going to happen when you have such a good team, <laughs> like it, that's able to do that. Like sometimes they're just going to go a little rogue and I got to reel it back in here and there. Yeah. Do we want to take a look? I know I linked the, the VOD. If you want to take a look, I, I Where think did you link it? Is it in, uh, in the outline, you should be comments. You see comments on the doc or no? No. No comments. Oh, okay. Let me fix that, Han. I'll fix it to you real quick. Ready? You're good. You're good. And I think uh, I re re refresh. Refresh. See Refreshing the yeah. doc. Hold up. Refreshing the doc. I see comments. All Here right. we go. My bad. I had no, you're good. On it. All right. So map. But yeah, five. I think we'll we'll yeah. start with map five. And this is not. This is before the round eleven. You know, Optic was up with an opportunity to win this in round ten. Um, and as we talked about with Terminal, while, while Chris kind of pulls up this vod, there are there are basically two ways this map plays out. One one way is the offense plays really slow, and generally, I think if we look if I look at the stats this weekend, terminal offense, uh, this weekend win percentage was forty three percent. So defense won more than offense, but actually first bloods were very much very much in favor of defense, and that's because I just think it's really easy to kind of slow play this on defense, kind of watch all the lanes, and then it's really hard with with a lack of crazy utility to do much on offense. But the option B, and what you're going to see in this round, is just a classic either throw a smoke and bang out, or, and, and Chris, you're going to laugh at this play, like yeah. the round one classic play. like Zima play of just YOLO, this was his chow. Yeah. Like hop I mean, on the burger, like kill them before they go top Eskies type deal. Yeah, this is, I mean, this the, the way that this is playing out and just like how these rounds play out and stuff, like, uh, hold on, let me unmute this, by the way, too. It's just like, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, it's just, that's how you sometimes have to play it out. It's just like, you have to throw the smoke. You have to bang it out. Hopefully, like, you, the trophies don't go down in time. And you kind of just make it happen. I mean, bro, like, it is it is a very hard map to play otherwise or be creative. Like, you're going to see a lot of that. Or you're going to see a lot of, like, you know, plays where they're trying to throw fakes and stuff. Like, I know I'm pretty sure we've seen some teams do it. It's like, if you back it up here, too, like... You trying to say I like think, like stuff like yeah. this or what? Well, so this round in particular was a four v two, and I thought that all Optic had to do once they got two kills is just kind of hey, not up really push the issue. For yeah, for the, for it, the there's really the show. Here you go. I think two kind of critical mistakes right Optic Optic kind of do here to sort of throw this one away. You know, they get smoked off. Wait, this is not a four v two, man. It's a four. It's already three v three. Are you, are you talking about? You want to go to the round eleven because you linked the five four round. Oh, so so three v three. Keep going. Oh, okay, sorry. 3v2. So 3v3. Okay, 3v2. 3v2 at that point. Oh, uh, so you're saying like, they kinda, like that? They, yeah, they, yeah. they kind of push a little bit too far. They're here. Like Ken backs up. So I think what happened here is that 
Ken backs up and, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he calms it or, you know, it's just a mix. Yeah. And, and AG Chow's and he's got no one on this sort of planner's Hetty to kind of watch over him. Yeah. And so he's getting gummed by guys on Hetty. And then, okay, 2v2, we're still good. Like, it, like, uh, Antska Hall's here. Um, but he kind of pushes up. He does seem to have some help from Ken. It seems like maybe they wanted to chow uh, together. But instead of holding irons, again, on defense, it's very easy to just kind of play patient and let, uh, and let the offense kind of make plays. And then they kind of walk in your irons. Yeah. Instead, Ants tries to take the kill. He dies. And what was like a pretty winnable situation for them now becomes a 1v2. And once Bomb gets down and playing here, if you're in a 1vx situation, this, yeah, they they, to, this is impossible. They need Kenny. to scam this. Yeah. They have to scam this bad. Yeah, that's a, that's an impossible play, play for Kenny right yeah. there for sure. So it's like, honestly, I mean, uh, the biggest thing there is like, it, like it, it's so easy when you, especially like what you just said, like you watch Pred like take that chow and like Pred takes that challenge and you're just like, yeah, you know, like maybe next time don't do that, like in hindsight. But it's like, yeah, that's uh, probably 1000% a communication thing where it's like, you're in the mix, there's smokes, four people are pushing through a smoke, AG's in the middle of the smoke and everyone's going crazy, like, what are we doing? What's going on? Like all that stuff. And then like we get these kills, like AG thinks he turns that corner, probably gets a kill. He doesn't, but he's expecting like an insta trade and like the, you know, Kenny probably was weak and back down. So it's like little things like that where it's like, I'm sure Kenny probably could have said like, yo, do not chow like I'm hurt or like yeah. vice versa, like things like that. But I mean, yeah, I want to look at the round 11 as well, right. because this is I'll something interesting I want right to talk about on, on terminal, mm-hmm. which is, you know, how to play a bomb site. And how to effectively play a, a bomb side if you're calling a, a B counter? Because I actually think that the way that Optic ended up playing this, they kind of just gave up. This is a one way to lose defense is just giving up way too much space to offense when you have just such a massive advantage to do so. So I want to get your thoughts. I don't know if you watch this round or not. I just want to get your thoughts live, kind of watching this uh, play out. So let's see it, dude. We got a round eleven. So instead of the A, ba- instead of the B bang out, it's the A bang out. But usually, again, like you can kind of like. Figure it out pretty quickly. The way Shotzi's playing this is nice too. Bro, if that pistol so pause is a little it, better. Pa- pa- pause it right here. Paused it. What's up, Ben? And, and back it, it up about us. twenty. Pack it up about uh, ten to fifteen seconds. So I think the critical play mm-hmm. will probably screw over Optic here. So they were probably expecting kind of a mega bang out. Back it up even further because you're gonna yes, see sir. the play that Pred makes. So they kind of like they kind of expect a, a B push. Now I think the play the number five does here, which is like. It, it is a common play even in wagers, and you're gonna see this in rank play too. Of like show, faking B because the B bang out such a popular strap, but the rest of your team goes A. Yep. And when you do that, ideally you get numbers, you get the bottom down play, bottom bing, bottom boom. Yep. AG's like AC side, so his responsibility in this situation is to obviously make sure no one's going through a book and causing chaos. But what ends up happening here is because he's given up the cross, like the dreams cross, because they see this one guy B and they freak out is AG actually slides in to help the guys be, and they have no information because of how deep number two is, but any of these guys crossing plane. So if you hit play, you're going to see here, kind of they just give so much map control here to New York subliners, and eventually like they're going to find AG, and they're going to get this bomb down, and it's going to become a very impossible situation for Optic. You see yeah. Pred slides over to be bomb site. They get across. They have no information. AG's just trying his best to sit on this ladder here with a pistol. He finally gets the info, but at that point, like, or before they've got playing unless someone scams it's it's tricky at this point yeah i mean a big thing with this is like teams t- teams tend to think like retaking a is not as hard if like you're able to get in because like you can see the way they're playing and like sometimes like you can do like the wall bangs and people can scam it for sure it's not an easy retake either both bomb sites are pretty tough but like 
I don't think AG like I I don't think that was just like the call of like what they were supposed to do right there. To be honest with you, like I I, I think like their call was to like they banked on a B hit, and like AG was like coming through the hallway to see it. like they see one guy, but like I think they were trying to just like blind counter it. They didn't blind counter it, and then you like if you back it up one more time, and then uh, then you know optic was just wrong. Like you watch the you watch the round play out, like it just looks like they were trying to like have ag like you know he looks to his left really quick and then he immediately starts to go like i don't think this is like the call to watch the cross i think the call is like yo they're about to bang out b again let's blind counter it so like again it's not as much of a mistake as it's just like the wrong call like they guessed wrong they guessed b and they went a like it's just tough and then so we we had ken in our chat and what ken said about the, the situation mm -hmm. was like you know uh, they were they were thinking they were going to hit b but they definitely got bitten by the fake Oh, they did. Um, That's what they said. Like the it just, looked, it just yeah. looked like the way Pred played yeah. it. It looked like he didn't have any intention yeah. of doing anything else other than coming yeah. to help. So yeah, but yeah, because I mean, if they if they didn't get bit by the fake, Ag sees the guys cross streams, they slide. Maybe they can get a wall bang or two. Um, but I think you're gonna see terminal evolve. I think terminal evolved a lot over the course of the weekend. The oh, first couple of yeah. terminal maps were way different from the way it got played at the end. Like teams were a lot more effective on defense with defaults of, of like going bottom plane playing that weird like under terminal jet bridge spot and there's like a gap with the jet bridge into the actual plane and they were able to like get better info on people and kind of trap them in yeah um but i thought that was time nurse round for optic and then i kind of want to watch the round 11 versus rocker and i want to get your thoughts on that and then we'll move on to the next All right. team we'll discuss I'll pull up the round 11 but yeah dude it's just like tough because it's also another thing too is like when that smoke goes down or that fake goes down dude it's like you know if you don't bite on the fake and then it's actually not a fake, you know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's not an easy situation to be in, especially because like you have to remember from Pred's point of view, it is not an easy situation to be in because Pred wants to, you know, help out as much as possible. And like that, that watching the cross and making sure it's not a fake type thing, those three seconds, like can be the difference of him, like getting into that smoke and getting a two piece. So like he, it was more or less, he probably played off his instinct there too, to like help yeah. and his instinct, obviously just, you guess wrong. Like that's going to happen. The terminals, terminals are a rough map right now, but again, I think it's going to keep evolving, like you said. All right, but we can watch this round eleven. Let's so actually, I'll say round ten, and oh. we're not going to watch it. I was yeah. a good. There was to even get to this point. Reese mm -hmm. Vivid made a Chris Crowder plant the bomb and full wrap the map type play. So if you want to go good back play. and watch that later, Chris, like you, that, you would yeah. love what you fucking saw. It's a great play. Ant did some insane stuff that round, and and Reese still beat him. But this round eleven, I thought was came down to some interesting timing. So I want to get your live reactions as you play this through. Let's see it, bro. <laughs> Karachi too is like, dude, a lot of these S&D maps are also really mixy, dude. They're scary. They're definitely scary stuff. I mean, I can't believe that's what Vivid is trying to do. Yeah, no, so, that so was that rip. was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was also rip. that right there was also even crazier. That was just two <laughs> crazy ass plays. I, dude, I don't so know well, what Vivid was thinking there. They, they, I don't know what that they, I can't defend that one, but he, he, his, well, his instinct was very wrong there. So, so mm -hmm. if you want to pause real yeah. quick, so just to explain to viewers, so like this map on offense, if you can get that bomb laid at B and oh. you have a, yeah. a man up situation, it should be automatic uh, at the moment. It is very hard to do a reset in unless you're in round one to just slide out there, YOLO it or and like dry plant it because they get to that bridge so much faster than you do. It could be literally anywhere watching that cross. So and I don't know if maybe Reese's strat was let me throw the trophy there i get hits and maybe they're not expecting me to slide out because they're trying to stun me or something but that was a bold strat and then they got bailed out because i don't know if pred got a bad call from the guy like mid alley of like hey there might be 
just one guy P1, but Pred then took that chow and then lost it. So what probably could have been a 4v3 if Pred chilled, I think instead was a 3v3. And someone in the chat made a good point, like potentially there might have been a call that Linz was. Yeah, I'm sure, I'll say, I'm, sure, I'm sure Pred got a call like, like you know, that like, hey, like there's a guy P1 or something that he tried to go make a play. And it's just, it's going to be little things of just like perfecting your teamwork and stuff. Like Optic knows that, everyone knows, like all these teams, all 12 teams in the league, like those moments of just like making sure you're obviously more together and stuff is just going to be something that they work on. So, so here's my <clears> thoughts. <throat> if you back it up one click. Yes, sir. I want to know what you think about the play that Ant makes here. And this is a common one that he likes to do. Like when he sees space on the map to really hold the team into like one third of the map, mm. he'll, he'll hit that shit. I'm just curious if you think maybe he did that and then a little bit too much extra here in the no, situation. I mean, again, this Shotzi play specifically is just, I mean, he just got really bad timing. I don't know if, I don't know if number seven, yeah, I would say he got tough timing, but I don't think this is a terrible play. Like this is what Shotzi does and he tries to like disappear and stuff as well. Like, Nah, I mean, bro, like that place, that that play right there is just a shotsy. Like, you're gonna live again, with those. You, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna live and die by those. But again, like he gets that kill, and like they think you know he's in the bottom left, like by the like the three story building area, like chicken coop, and like he gets out, he cut the defense, like he got up the middle. It's just like you know he can't just aimlessly run into the middle of the map and stuff because he has callouts and everything else of where people are. So like he just got like one he was probably one step away from turning left instead of going straight and he was out and they would be sitting there thinking like where the hell is Shotzi in our coop area and he would have been gone. Like I don't think he did much extra as much as like again, that's the that's the brutal just truth of search and destroy sometimes with those specific plays, like those two V twos. You're either with your team together and like you're obviously playing trades and stuff and you know, there's a lot of things you can do to make it consistent. But there are gonna just be some times where like your timing, you know, is just like he makes a really good play to like open it up and like actually make this round winnable for them. And then like he's one step away from like vanishing and stuff like that. And that's like what he's so good at. So, I mean, I don't really, yeah. again, it's, it's hard to like be super critical about those things. Cause as much as even like for myself, like as much as it's easy for someone from your perspective watching, you can see through the walls and you can see their arrows. It's like, they don't see that. So it's like, you know, Again, there's some things you can do to be consistent, but there's also a lot of things where it's like, damn, like, you know, sometimes the timing's just not going to be perfect. But honestly, and don't and hate again, that play at all. I, I don't, I don't think putting Ant on a leash is going to be their wise strategy. It just comes down to both these maps came down that we watched came down to like um, kind of split second decisions. And I will yeah. give Optic credit. The one round we watched, they blew the four v three, which I would have to double check, but I'm pretty confident is the only man up situation four v three. They blew the whole weekend. Like I'm pretty sure they were, they won. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, they had 12 first bloods this weekend and won 11 of those rounds. So the one round 10 that we watched where they blew and they got that one pick was the only 4v3 they blew all weekend. So as far as tactical execution and awareness, I think it's been pretty good. It just really sucks that they lost three S and D maps and they all came down to round 11. Like that's just that's just a tough bounce. But if you're an optic fan, I think the respawn looked good. They looked great against rocker and i really think that unless you are a bold team i would not play them on skid row hardpoint they looked phenomenal on that map and when they get you in the absolute burner of just funneling you one way on the map like you are going to lose against them by 100 100 plus because they are just going to constantly be getting freebies on you and hitting pinches that's where you're gonna get with pred you can get with ant so a lot to like from optic a lot for them to work on i think you'll take the one-on-one you know what i mean you'll take yeah. the one-on-one I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, starting off the season like that, yeah, it's always going to be. T it's again, it's always going to be important to get like wins under your belt, and you're still going to learn a lot. And the team that they lost to too is, you know, 
awesome. I know people haven't been talking about New York a lot, but it's like they just won three events in a world championship. Like they're pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah, like so I, I know people haven't been like yeah. talking about them as if they didn't just do that. But like, yeah, they're so. It's not like yeah, so let's, not like they lost yeah. to a team where it's not that good. But yeah, but let's talk about New York mm-hmm. um, because I don't think and I was talking to Dante yesterday. Like I don't think that they feel that they played like a plus COD this weekend. They they were two and zero, but. But, you know, the Optic series came down to fine margins. And I think you could make a legitimate argument that the LAG series, that LAG... Those first couple maps should have won. Yeah, those first, those first couple maps could have been pretty crazy. I hate the, oh, like, people should have won a map thing and then they lose, for sure. But, like, of course, when a map gets that close, there's always things that both teams do right and wrong, to, you know, to decipher, like, yeah. that last those last couple seconds. But, yeah, like, LAG had a good chance to close a few of those games out but they didn't and lag has been not looking like incredible in scrims and stuff so it's like you want to make sure you're closing like those those maps out against like those teams so it's like if that's not an lag in those scenarios like they might have got closed out like i know why people are making that argument but i mean again it's the first weekend there's gonna be a lot of mistakes from both teams honestly even lag probably made a bunch of mistakes you go back and watch it where they could have done little things but uh yeah i don't know it it depends i wonder if lag overperformed type thing or like maybe lag has been looking a lot better and stuff too in scrims we haven't played them too much so i really didn't tell you well i think so the first L- so to to get on the new york mm, what well, yeah. do you want to talk about new york no we can we, well, no we can talk to new york i was just i was just so, mentioning with that yeah so, so we'll get to lag mm-hmm. after so let's start with new york like yeah. the optic series for new york i thought again was close and the lag series to answer your question i think like a caught dante on like not one of his best days New York kind of gave them an SD high rise. And I was talking to Ace him this weekend, and he's like, bro, Diamond Khan is like maybe like one of the best high rise players right now. Like these guys have been basically playing, they were playing 6v6 shells on high rise during the beta, like a combination of LG players. So like they were very well read, and it's probably one of their best, if not their best search map. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, they let, bro, they, New York obviously looked pretty good on high rise earlier than the series they played against um, Optic, and then the LG one, like, Somehow they won that round, the round 11 with Kismet falling off the map. Like, I don't know what to say about all that. Like, that was another winnable map for LAG. And then even the the last round, the Karachi, you know, came down to some some big plays, I think, out of players like Cedar Skies um, and uh, um, Hydra. And just really, I think, uh, you know, for New York, I think they got away with one in that one. But it's early and they walked away 2-0. Um, S&D to me for New York looks really good. Uh, I talked to Dante earlier this week. He said S&D is our best game mode. They were 4-0 this weekend on that game mode. And that was a concern that we had coming into the season with them was with Preston coming out, Dante coming in. Dante's team last year, Seattle Surge was not that great search. And we were concerned were with Preston coming it. out that there yeah. was a gapping sort of like glue issue. And it, their teamwork at S&D looks incredible. So I think they put a lot of work in there. Surprisingly, uh, for me, is I think the weakest game up for them has been control, but it's a sample size of two. So yeah, and uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. with them too, like I think Seattle Surge was terrible at S and D last year. They might be. Were, were they the league's worst like ever? Last they, year they, they were. They were on a really bad losing streak. Was that the I think London? I think London might have been the worst S and D team last uh, year. I'm or, looking at it right now. Huh? But regardless, like that's not Dante's fault. Sib, that's not Sib's fault. Like you know, Sib, like Sib's not a terrible S and D player. Like I don't think like. Yeah. It was like one of he's like not a notoriously bad S and D player like slays heavy or anything. So it's like I, I don't think he he was gonna they like were, 
They were second worst last year. LAG was terrible, but they actually had a higher win percentage in Seattle. And then London was by far the worst. But to to your point about Dante, I think the problem with Seattle last year was like, it was basically Pred and Inshallah. Like, if Pred didn't get a fucking first blood. Yeah, the way 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 they played, they had no teamwork last year. The way they played SD, it was like, if Pred doesn't make an individual play and get a two piece, like, Everyone else, like, bro, they, they used to get broken down in so many of their 4v2s. Like, they would just be all one by one by one by one. Like, they would get broken down inside of them and stuff. Like, yeah, they had plenty of problems. But that's such a tough losses. If one against your team in a round. Yeah, no, of course. I'm just saying I have fire. But, like, but that's going to happen, it, it, dude. You have to win your consistent happen, yeah. ones. Like, you, you're going to lose a close one here and there, but, like, you also win a close one here and there. You need the the ones that are like gimmies where you're in 4v2s and stuff that, but we, we could talk about that all day. But just like with them, yeah, I don't think Dante was ever a bad or Sibs ever a bad SD player. So, him joining this New York team is going to be like fine probably for the most part. And I also think uh I want to say New York last year, if I remember correctly, they had a they had a period of time where they weren't good S and D. And like that was no. like a that was a big thing for them of why they were kind of struggling midseason. And then like when they got their teamwork and stuff back in action, we saw how good they can obviously be. Oh, so like I think another, uh, another famous series where to that point they, you guys clutched on them and in a series that they probably should beat you guys at Columbus. Oh yeah, they beat us in that. Hotel I still, yeah, I still did, but yeah. what BZ went crazy. But um, yeah, no, like that's what I mean. So it's like the, the, them having a four zero start for anyone that's an NYSL fan is probably going to be pretty stoked, just because like S and D is a very important game mode. We know that, and then them having like their struggles last year a little bit with it, and then they obviously fine tuned it and we're fine. It's a it's a good sign for them. I think a lot of uh-huh. respawns right now for a lot of teams are going to be a yeah. little bit up in the air, just because. I think people are still learning and the spawns are still a little, you know, a little way. They're a little, yeah. a little, and they've gotten a little bit on the new patch. Well, let's talk about one thing related to New York. If you want to pull up the clip. <laughs> I have it. And up. Unfortunately, I'm going to need to point to Caesar and probably give him a little bit of a red card here. <laughs> you got uh, the red card too, bro. <laughs> it's, it's a sponge. It's not, it's not even a card. Oh, it's, it's a, a sponge. Pull it up. Pull up the red card. Yeah, pull up the red card. Chat. Wait, no, Ben's got the red see, card. It's a red sponge. You see the, so I actually also have a yellow card too, but I don't actually have a yellow card. It's a yellow fucking sponge. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta go on Amazon and buy some red cards, Ben. You I did. Know. I bought them. I bought them yesterday, but bro, you gotta get yeah, a, the should... whole ref, the whole ref thing too. You gotta get. Oh everything. my god, I'm gonna get the book and like a pencil. Tom, yeah. and I said we're gonna like start writing them down. Gotta like, get the yeah, pinstripes, like, dude. Oh my god. No, I'm not wearing a fucking. You have to, Ben. Bro, it's content. You gotta yeah. do it for the content. If you showed up on the flank, if someone snakes with a red card, a whistle, and the black and white shirt, and you were holding, dude, that'd be good. The stuff. Whistle, I'm getting. 100, percent I'm getting the whistle. You have to. I, maybe I need to get like ref. I don't know. I gotta talk the the stuff through. On <laughs> but let's talk about this clip. It got a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of buzz on social medias, and you know, Caesar did apologize for this. The LAG players responded and said this really didn't in their eyes affect the outcome of this because they LAG kind of mega trolled sort of their decisions after this went down anyway, and I think that affected them more. But if you want to hit play, you see that number four skies is here in a P one desperate situation for New York. Everyone they need to play perfect. Every, point, yeah. point. Everyone, look at this now. character right here. You can see this character is the one we're looking at right now. So this is what people are saying. So you can see that he goes down. He gets he gets shot at. He snakes up once, twice, three times, four, five, almost like six. He does it about five times, and then he obviously climbs over. And that's technically, if everyone, if people are watching that are new or not fully aware. The gentleman's agreement between players right now until snaking is fixed, especially on the new patch, I think. I think on the new patch, by the way, he's not even able yeah. to do that, by the way. Like five, like five times. Like I, I think after the second or third time, because in Warzone right now, it, it feels really clunky. But yeah. regardless, if you do that, if you snake up, pop up glitch more than two times, it is technically illegal. I don't know who... who is that Zuma's rule? Is that the is that the community's rule now? The GA? Yeah, GA Commissioner Zuma, yeah. that was the rule that all the teams agreed to. Two pump. Yes. So that was more than pumps. two pumps. So we're going to back it up one more time. 
And you can see it's hard to see with the gloves in the way, but you can see his name doing the animation. So you see that technically speaking, this is a snake. So you have one, then he goes two, then you said three, and then like he does four, five, and then hops over. So yes, hypothetically, or not hypothetically, that is a snake. That is like doing it more than twice in a, in a hill that is obviously impossible to break. I don't think that had anything to do with the outcome of the game. Well, like LAG it, it said. didn't because LAG basically, you know, they need two seconds. They're like, you know, obviously the best way to break is to go left off of their spawn. Mm. But the problem is if they go left and they all die, which they did, they have no one going red. So New York just rotates to me when they win. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, listen, I think the takeaway is Caesar apologized on Twitter afterwards. He did the right thing. He didn't double down. The LAG guys forgave them. I don't know what else was said in like a GA chat or whatever. Like, I don't know if there's been any other kind of punishments. But I think as far as like what we're concerned about what happened under GA, this is one of those incidents, but I think it was handled in a professional matter, you know? So, it, like, okay. It could, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So, uh, just to make this clear, I'm not in any GA chats either. I haven't really talked to my team about this either, just because, you know, we're kind of taking some, just like chilling. We have, we have stuff to do today. So, letting them do their own thing. But, they got content I, today. like, yeah, they have content. And then we have some stuff, some stuff to watch over. So, I'll talk to them later. So, I don't even know. But, like, the problem is, is like what you just said is if you apologize, which is, Caesar's a nice kid. You know, like, obviously, he's, he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, especially in this league. Like, Skies is a good dude. Is, is, but you can't just, like, apologize and be like, bro, like, if that did affect the outcome of the game, like, what, so yeah. what is the actual punishment? The reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is, like, moments like this are important because if nothing technically happens and this actually affects the outcome of the game next time where you do it, like, three or four times and you win a map or yeah, this happens in a final or whatever it is. If they don't fix the snaking enough, I don't know. Again, we have to kind of see how that plays out. Like, Oh, I'm sorry guys, but the match is won. Like that's where the gentleman agreement becomes tricky. And this is why like people are very serious about this stuff is like moments like this. I, I know this doesn't affect the outcome, but like, what is the actual punishment? What is the actual punishment of something like this? Or is it on, is it on LAG to like, enforce like hey like that's bullshit like or is it like all teams or something like actually say like yo you broke the ja this is like not what we're doing like we all agree to this if you want to break this like this is what you get because if there's technically nothing no punishment here then what the hell is the point of having it that's the problem because this, this yeah. will cause because again if you just apologize it's like so you what you would you do you do it to win a pretty important match and you just apologize and then move on like i i don't know like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he did it on purpose. Skies is a nice kid, mm -hmm. so I, I, I get it. But, like, I could tell you right now, if that was Celium, oh, yeah. It, it would be, it would be a, it, again, it, it would be a fucking shit there, show. Bro. And Celium's a great. He, I, haven't, I haven't seen him snake once, even in scripts. Like, he's been great. Like, he, people told him to stop doing it, and he stopped doing it. We've already talked about a, this. So it's I've like, seen a good tweet this weekend. No snaking, no problem. That was a good tweet out of him. Yeah, but again. But, but to, your, to your point, if he, if he had done this mid-map, even if it had yeah. an effect. Or the if outcome, it was certain players, not even just Elliot. Certain players with the reputation, like it just, it'd be a yeah. fucking shit show. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, listen, first off, I think it seems like on the new patch, it's going to be really hard after two pumps to really effectively it, snake. It, so it, it actually makes it, if you do it more than two, like if you do more than two pumps, yeah. I can't, we got to stop saying two pumps, bro. Can we just like two snakes? But No, no, we are saying two, two pumps. All right, sorry, two pumps, whatever, two pumps. bro. Two pumps. If, if, you do, if you do that, then like it actually makes you like lie down and it makes you clunky as shit and like it probably gets you killed. Yeah. So if Skies were to have done that in that situation, he would have ended up just getting caught in a lie down animation. It would just been really annoying. So like, yeah, hopefully in the future, what we've always said on this show is that the developers just fix it. So this doesn't have to be between players, but like 
if things technically go unpunished and it's just not like again people just start losing full because everyone loses full and then all it takes is one person to be like oh he got snaked and then they yeah. start snaking and that like moments like this are very important for a ga because i've watched it happen beforehand in in, in iw where people just like say like you know what fuck it we're doing it and like i don't want that to happen because currently i think everybody in this chat or watching this podcast or that represent the CDL community can say like right now watching Call of Duty without snaking is awesome. I love it. I think it's I think it's so nice to watch like just the game be played a little bit more normal without people doing it. So I don't want the GA to be broken personally. <laughs> so I hope this yeah, goes down right. I, I think. Listen, I think my take on it is with the I think what seems like the effectiveness in the new patch. We basically have this problem for essentially one week, and then theoretically on the new patch should prevent something like this from happening. I, I do so. agree that there needs to be, I just don't know how you, it's one of those weird ones where like, I don't think in my eyes that like people are saying like Caesar should sit out, just sit out a map, like sit out a map. I'm like, how does that work? Like, what are they saying? Wait, wait. Like, they see that. That's what I mean. Job no, like, log no. in? like, what are we doing Bro. here? Like, make, what's up? Like, there's no, what, what you're not going to make them punch him for a week. And no scrims. Like I, I, I just this is the problem with this fucking GA is like, yeah, it's it's health. It's taking out the game, which is nice. A sin bin, like what is this rugby? <laughs> I mean, bro, you can't wait, like, dude, but let's just make this very clear. No owner of the CWL is sitting their player out that pays them a shit ton of money to play Call of Duty for a living because he snaked in the game. That the game allows you to do that over a gentleman's agreement. There is no way someone is willingly potentially taking a loss because of that. That's never happening. No owner is doing that. Period. Listen, I I have I have the response. Ready? What is it? Caesar Skies Bueno owes everybody on LAG at least five gifted. Bada bing, bada boom, problem solved. That seems yeah, like a these, these guys right? make too much money for that, bro. That's 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 nothing. Okay, ten gifted. Fuck. Like I don't know. I'm, like the I, Twitch I'm just telling you, this is this is like the actual problem with it. Like I don't think again the context of this, it didn't help them win the game and everything else. But the way people react. I've seen it happen. I just know that like people get really fucking sketchy with this really quickly. And if this were to happen again, even if it wasn't selling, if this was would happen again, people just lose full really quickly. So I, I don't know technically what you're supposed to do, but yeah. Well, I hopefully we it never will. happens again. But again, I, I think this is all fixed pretty soon, to be honest. So yeah, I agree. What I want to bounce around. Who should we talk about next? Um, <laughs> let's talk about. LA Thieves, because we talked about the two teams they played already, Seattle yep. and you guys, and they lost both. Mm -hmm. They're off to an 0-2 start. 0-2 starts, not always the end of the world. I know mm -hmm. people that have watched the flank are tired of me saying this, but we might have new viewers. We have seen a team start 0-2 in, in this situation. In fact, even worse situation, because we used to have five games, then we got seven. This was Optic Gaming, Major One, and Vanguard, and they went on to win that event with the 0-2 start. So, just because you play bad the first week doesn't mean the world is ending. I'm curious, Chris, watching them play, having played against them. They're 0-3 in hardpoint, 0-2 in search. They only won one map across the, the, the seven that they played. What do you think from your perspective is their biggest issue right now? Um, well, I think they played two really good teams to start. Yeah, I, It's not like they had an easy schedule. I think the LA Thieves team, they can scrims. They're one of the teams that I actually predicted to do a little bit better than their standards. So... I think they're 0-2 start. They played two really good teams, and they lost. It's not the end of the world. I think, again, depending on their schedule and who they play, it's going to be important. Obviously, every team wants to win, so you have to be able to beat the best to be the best type thing. But uh, I think 
they got to close out some of their closer situations and like, you know, make sure like their teamwork's there and their slaying power's there and everything. But uh, I mean, overall, like I think their S and D probably looked a little bit more concerning in my opinion, like just like from the outside looking in and just like, they probably have to just tighten some stuff up, but it's really hard to like get super critical with them right now. Cause I do think Seattle is a lot better than what people think. I think Seattle, like again, was not a team that was considered to be in the top five whole thing. And I think the way they've been playing, again, they've been pretty good in scrims. They've been pretty good. Like now they've now they're pretty good in matches. Like I think they're a lot better than what people think. And then they lost to us. So it's like I think their S and D needs to tighten up. I think the respawns again against top teams probably needs to be, be, be to be better, obviously. But at the same time, I think right now respawn is going to still be like a learning process for a lot of people with these spawns. It's also weird because everyone's gonna have to relearn the spawns anyway here pretty soon. But yeah, I think right now you have to like kind of wait and see their next match like to to really be like critical on them but uh, i think they just had a, a rough schedule to start they need to be better and again like they're gonna have to have better teamwork and discipline yeah. and everything else that comes with them if they want to beat some of the top teams uh because again they can slay and they have good players but at the same time like a lot of teams have really really powerful slaying power so like to to end up beating those teams like the teamwork needs to be there and i feel like sometimes in their search it just looked a little weak but yeah, I think the see. offenses to me looked weak. The the S and D terminal they played against Seattle on offense, they it, they were they didn't seem what they want to do, but that was the first S and D map they played of the year. So I'm not like losing too much full about it. Mm. Uh, the invasion they played against you guys, I know we ended up going to round ten, but watching them play offense on that map, I just felt like they were never really had an effective strategy of countering like the standard default on that map. Some guys tank, some guys kind of supporting courtyard. There's one B side. Um, and there's one street and like, they never really had a good cafe door execute. They never really had like a, a P one DVD, like push tank out execute. They weren't good at hitting the timings. If they were there dark alley to try and kill the guy tank. Like if you can't control middle map on invasion on offense, you're never going to get that bomb down. And then your really only effective strategy is just the fucking B bang out, which if you can get the bomb down and get set up probably works, but they were struggling that too. So it's only two search maps, but I agree with you. That was the weakest game mode. I think watching them play hardpoint, hardpoint was even weirder. Cause I actually don't think like all the hardpoint maps they played, they lost by like 20 or 30. It's not like they're getting blown yeah. out on the two Karachis and the, uh, the terminal that they played against Seattle. Um, Watching them play, especially that terminal against Seattle, maybe I think is their biggest issue, which is I feel like sometimes they get caught sprinting way too often. I think Afro especially gets caught. And you kind of know that's sort of the way he's always kind of played that way. He's played that way the last couple of years. And he was very effective on London because of his pace and the timings that he hit. But this year, it seems like he's a little bit off in that. And this game, like if you are getting blooded, with how rotation heavy some of these maps are, aka like terminal, like if you were putting your team in a three v four, like that might have repercussions to that hill, the next hill, the next hill after. So, yeah, I mean, getting yeah, caught sprinting. One. I mean, bro, like if that's another way to say like their timings are off, maybe. But like, getting caught sprinting is kind of crazy. I mean, you got to sprint to make a play here and there. Like it just depends. Like if you're like holding an angle and you start sprinting for no reason, but uh, yeah. No, I like, know, but you, but you get my point, though. I, I, is like, I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah, but... um, I'm trying to do a little too much. Yeah, but uh, I, again, like, I'm sh like, even when we watch our back, our wins or losses, like, there's things that you can do better to, like, you know, little mistakes of teamwork and stuff where you can have done this better here and all that.
but I think when, you know, you talk to a lot of teams and you got like rankings and stuff, they were supposed to exceed standards. Uh, LA Thieves, right? Was what, we, what I said earlier. You don't really scrim S&D. And S&D scrims are not taken as serious. They are serious in the sense like you're getting better practice, but like a map count of S&D scrims is not like, oh, we're frying an S&D. Like a lot of people are trying stuff out, figuring things out and all that. So like yeah. the thing now it's obviously worrying is just more of the S&D than the respawn. Respawn, they played some close ones. They lost some close ones. I'm sure there's stuff that you can go back and I'm sure they're like, oh, we can do this, this and that better to be better, whatever. But like you don't see a lot of S&D like, you know, potential in a scrim so a lot of people that are thinking they're good clearly like their respawns are probably going to be pretty close or good if they can close them out where that's not going to matter if you can't win your snds right so like snds are going to be important and like that's where like you want to make sure like the steve's teams if they actually want to hit their standards of over like either a overperforming yeah. whatever you want to call it like they're going to have to be good at snd and if I, they're not that's I the agree. problem so that's where it's going to be like a big question mark for them is like if they can lock that in well they play Boston and LAG next week. Both teams are 0 2. So both those games are must win for both squads. And if you're Thieves and you can win one or both, you've got Toronto, New York, and Carolina coming after the break. So, uh, like I said, 0 2 start, not the end of the world, but it's not the end of the world if you can get going in week two, week three, week four. And we'll see what Thieves does with, um, well, they play on Friday. So they've got like four ish days to sort of figure out and fix their issues. But let's move on. Um, yep. I want to talk about a team that had a inter. Listen, this team was uh, a, a bit of an interesting weekend, up and down, and end up one and one. Hmm. Um, and I would say then you probably would have taken that at the beginning of this week, which is the Carolina Royal, Ra Royal Ravens. They squared up against Miami Heretics. We'll talk about a little bit later. It looked really good, and they got absolutely. Well, I think it fried. The first map was pretty close, but it seemed like after the first map. Um, Carolina kind of lost that edge. And then by the third map, it was kind of a blowout. The Vegas series was very interesting uh, because Vegas went up 2-0 in that series. Uh, so let me actually back up further. So after the Carolina, after the, the Miami series, mm -hmm. we did episode of Funk on Saturday. And, and listen, Aches and Clay have a lot of history, like yeah, they 15 went years it. plus history. If you haven't watched that Saturday episode of Funk, I recommend you do because uh, uh, it was it was a banger, and there was a, a lot of back and forth between the two. Like Clay hopped on a call a couple of times, and so going in that Vegas series, I would say that from the community narrative bullshit perspective, there is a lot of writing on that one. And uh, once again, Carolina did not get off to a good start, but they found something on that invasion control. Uh, they won that one fairly clean. I thought three one. Uh, dominated Vegas on a Karachi hardpoint. That was probably like the cleanest hardpoint. Now I played three this year, but that was, I thought, uh, a well-played Karachi by the Ravens. And then the last map, and we're going to go pull one and watch that VOD up right now. That last match, that last map, I mean, I know Carolina won the series, but Vegas should have won this 1-3-2. I, I don't know what happened the last couple of rounds. The, the, see, the, I can't, and I want to know your perspective, if you think, watching it back, that Vegas scammed or Carolina just made like some insane like ballsy like plays on some of these situations i mean it's i mean you depending from whose perspective there you're gonna watch you're gonna be if you're a vegas yeah. fan or you're a vegas player or coach you're gonna be like what the fuck are we doing we're scamming and then if you're from carolina it's like bro these are the plays that you need to win maps and championships blah 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 so it's like i mean that that's just perspective of what you looked at it i mean vegas in my opinion through and the way it usually works is if you're a good team and you're playing another good team or you're a professional team and you play another professional team if you make a mistake, 
that allows those ballsy plays from like team the, from the other team to like actually happen and be executed. And then therefore it all starts from your mistake. Like if you don't make the mistake in the first place and you watch the lane or you have the teamwork or you play for the trade or you're together and you play your trade and stuff that those crazy plays don't happen because your teamwork and you not making the mistake is usually how you close those yep. out. So like usually the way I look at it is it's more probably Vegas through than Carolina making those plays. But when you're in a situation like Carolina is like, you're going to also have to make crazy plays and hope to like capitalize off the mistakes of the other team. So it's like a little bit of both there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Vegas almost like kind of closed it out and then just started I don't know yeah. what happened after let's, that. Let's pull up the VOD. Yeah, we can pull it up so for sure. Hold I, up. Let me get it up We'll pull the VOD because I think this was for, this is probably one of the best series of the weekend, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was just, it was just really fun. And then, and then, dude, we were. There we go. Hold up. We were. We, we, uh, listen, I'll say this. You know, S&D in this game, I think Terminal is a bit of a snooze. But, like, the other maps are especially Invasion at times. Once people get really comfortable with some of these offensive executions, like, the end games on invasion are going to be uh kind of wild yeah so let's 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 play this one out here and just watch but yeah no i i think terminal is kind of a snooze but i think terminal like you said earlier in this uh the stream will start getting better slowly yeah i, I think people yeah. will adapt a little bit but I, it, that map's a, it's a credit map dude it was a credit map back in the day oh, too it's such a hard point even ctf back in the, it's just a credit map and like i i hope we get a map to replace it eventually but like yeah i, I just don't think that map's that great but regardless here we go so we have we have the round what is this round nine yeah round nine here Perch starts off with the yeah. first blood huge first blood there like, Clay like gets this should, this should be this should be game set and match yeah like what i was just saying about like vegas and other teams is like if you don't make a mistake and you play together and you play your trades in a perfect world you, you always get your trade you obviously have one person left here so it's like this is like where like vegas right now this is their opportunity to throw they have the first blood that's exactly what you needed to close it out like this is huge do you do you like that in this four v three that they backed up all the way like gave them all courtyards so they can slide out tanks, slide out cafe door without them really seeing anything? So like this is like what you know you kind of follow up what I just said with is like when you are in a situation to win the game, you know you could play to win or you could play not to lose. What do you think Vegas is doing right now? Playing not to lose. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> Again, it's just that they they let Carolina like get pushed up on the map on them after they have like they have the the numbers, and now like here is like again like they can get the bomb down. Now it forces it forces Vegas to actually have to make a play. So even though like they have numbers, like it's still going to be a little bit harder. So they you know you force yourself into a harder scenario here to to win the game. But either way, like if you still trade out your kills, you should still be able to win here. So again, another solo challenge. Wait, so I, I for, completely forgot how Vegas played this round. The yeah. decision making on this round is is yeah. fucking crazy to me because they got back down courtyard. I mean, look, and at, I don't know if maybe just, they they thought that they went dark alley and then they rotated B and like. Yeah, I mean, listen, at a at a basic level of Call of Duty, sorry to cut you off, Ben. Yeah, go look, ahead. Look at their arrows. They were in a four v yeah. three, and look at their arrows. Like this is basic COD. Like I'm not like overstepping a line here. Like this is basic COD. They know this. Everyone knows this. Like. Yeah, look at their arrows. In a 4v3 scenario, they played they played it scared, and then now they're all in one-on-one chows. Like, you don't have numbers anymore, and you lose. Like, it's like, it's like, this is, like, where, like, Vegas had the opportunity to close it. They didn't. And, like, you give Carolina a chance, and they're going to capitalize on it, and you might actually lose this. And that's just kind of how it goes. I mean, every team does this. This is a lot easier said than done. Like, every team does do this. But 
Sandy does try to make a play here, hops on the bomb, um, but good find from Gwen. And then Eli actually tr actually like hops off to try yeah. and stay alive, but at this point, it's it's just really difficult because they've got no map control. They're pinned in. Good street pinch yep. from Goddorex, and they win that round. And I don't think they should have won because in a 4v3, like, letting them slide out Cafe door and get the bomb down. Yeah. I mean, no, it, I don't know. All, I don't know about that strat. Yeah. It's, again, it's it all comes down to <clears throat> just not letting the other team. Oh, no, you should keep watching. We should keep doing. Don't keep minimize. Watching? Let's keep oh, watching. Sorry, oh, we got to keep watching, Chris. Oh, my bad. We're watching, uh, oh, we're it, watching it, the whole it, thing. It, all right. I like all, this. We got to watch the whole thing. That's uh, fine. Uh, we can, we can let it roll. No, you're good. Uh, listen, the reason why yeah. we're streaming this on YouTube and everything, and obviously having this on YouTube is so we can do this. So I'm fine with this. Yeah. This is awesome. I, this, also, this is my favorite scrap times to do is just because I like to watch more Call of Duty and stuff. I wish I could break it down a little bit more, but, you know, I'm not allowed to do that. But. Here we yes, go. so we go to the we go to the five four round. So now Carolina is on defense here, but Vegas does have mm -hmm. an opportunity to win. Offense on this map, you know, again, this is this is an old school map. I know back in the days so you get play with more nades, so it kind of changes this map a little bit. Well, you also had a sniper trophies. back in the day too. Snipers too, yeah. yeah. You used to go to so, that blue building where number eight is and to start getting snipers down the B Street. That was yeah. that was that was the play. So you're gonna you're gonna see Vegas kind of try and work a lot of move towards A. Again, oftentimes you want to try and do where you see where number two is. Got our ex trying to see if he can pick the tank guy because he's sort of your rotator generally on this map. And if you can get him, you can kind of single out a guy A, or maybe they've got street and you can kind of get a free plan A. If you get the bomb done A, you can play around Cafe Door. It's usually a dub. Um, so we're going to let Vegas kind of play this out. They're going to suss out where the defense is and kind of make moves. And then I think um, just the collapse here from Vegas is really good. I actually can't believe Wynn lost this. Yeah, it's insane that he. And he literally got up at the most, like, literally, as soon as he got up, like, Standy, like, turned the corner. But I actually thought Gwyn was going to win that. Just unlucko. He almost, he almost got lucky the, the two fucking Vegas players. Is this the defuse round? Yeah. Yeah, dude, this is brutal. So for all the work Carolina does, they end up actually getting two, a big play from Real. Real should have now it's down to a 2-2. Bomb is in the middle of the street with 16 seconds. This should be over. Mm -hmm. Real should be done, down over. Number one should be able to, Clay should be able to get a bomb check here. Um... And Vegas should probably wait, pick him off. Wait, and then blah, 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 can blah, we blah, just blah. talk about something really quick beforehand? Yeah. It's like, bro, yeah. before Clay does this, Clay is in the situation now, again, he can't see through walls and he doesn't have arrows as a map. So, like, hindsight here. But, like, bro, Clay, <laughs> like, Clay is in the position to just, like, check the bomb and end this before they even have a chance. And he, like, I was actually super surprised he doesn't check the we bomb were right here. freaking out watching this. Like, right here, I was, like, like I, was, I could not believe he didn't check the bomb. Because, like, right now, like, they, they have to be on the bomb. They have two seconds to get on it. So I thought yeah. he was just going to check the bomb, kill him off the bomb, GG's, run away, and game's over. Or at least be in a 2v1 and then, like, you know, like, Otter X, like, come help you. You got to run away. Sorry, I mean, Real, come help you. Yeah. But, yeah, I couldn't believe he didn't check the bomb. It ended up working because he just gets on the bomb anyway and wins it. But, like, I was, I was mind blown. And then he does this. And then, again, like, this is just, like, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but, like, bro, Purge don't even check the bomb right there. Like, pause, bro. Okay, couple of problems with this whole situation. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play Cafe Door, and I know there was a panic plant spot, yeah, you you plan in, in the worst spot to watch us from Cafe Door. There's, there's a bomb site and a door in between you, and well, then they close the door. I, I, I think again, yeah. though, I think this is scenario. So, like, to give yeah. players more of a credit, and again, best players in the world make these decisions better. That's why there's better players yeah. than others. But like, you have to realize that there was seven seconds left. They needed to plant the bomb. I don't think. Even the reps they, yet they, to like always I, not get even the reps. Read. I mean, yeah, maybe it, it could be automatic for sure. Like maybe there is a reps yeah. thing for sure. But like you just kind of know. I don't think they they're in this scenario. Was. Like, yo, we're gonna plant the bomb. We're gonna go cafe. Yeah. I'm gonna plan for cafe. Like this is not a thought out scenario. That's why I was saying like Clacer could have probably checked the bomb. 
like this is like a high intense moment for players where it's like we just need to get the bomb down and then run away and stay alive. That's like they're not thinking like they're not setting up like a yo I'm gonna plant here and you're gonna go here and like the, like right now like shit just hit the fan like they're just planting the bomb. So again, easier I, from a my, spectator perspective yeah, to say like to my oh point, like plant that. But to yeah. my point, at the end of the season, you've been in this situation enough that you know. Okay, oh yeah, the more reps you get, this, two, yes, yeah. Like if we're gonna if we end up playing on this side, like yeah. and we are pretty confident that they're not like rug street whatever like we'll just wrap middle yeah like dvd side and then there'll probably be street side because we're rotating from and then we just kind of have checks like from the alley instead they just kind of you know but like purge didn't hold check the bomb there, that was the confusion of my part yeah. when i was watching this live like i was like he opened the door and just closed it like he could clearly not see the bomb like he didn't even like give it a check so like like yeah study just said that's a vet play but it's like yeah i mean i could not believe Pur like you have to check the bomb here. Like, look where that bomb is right now. Like, he opens this door. You can't see the bomb. So, realistically, you have to, like, actually slide out here and check the bomb. And, like, he doesn't do that. So, I mean, again, it was more or less, like, playing, like, not to lose in a sense. Like, hoping that he's not on it. So, that was just tough. They were, they were definitely mind-blown. And then after, bro, after that round, bro, if you're Vegas, you're losing. I don't care. I think after this yeah. round, you're Vegas, you're losing, bro. Like, I know that was, that's not how, like, you know, they could easily won this next round, but it's just like, that, that's a tilter. That is a tilter where, like, you're in the moment, you're like, dude, like, what, like, why are we not checking bomb there? Like, it's very hard not to be not tilted here. Although this spot's crazy. So Eli, I actually kind of like this play from Eli. He tried, this, we've seen this a couple times in, like, hardpoint breakoffs, and he got unlucky that he didn't find one in that spot because I actually really like the way that he was and trying he to at least right make a there, play though. for his team. Yeah, he does get one off again, of a kind of a situation, rail. A situation where, like, now, like, Vegas can just play. Bombs down. Yeah, middle exactly, of the map. Yeah. You see it. So even, even after that tilting round, Vegas comes out ahead here. Like, a little composure. I just think where this gets in trouble is the angle that, that. Nero ends up playing a B. Elaz has got to pinch dark. And I still think even then, because I know that Clay's in the mix... Like someone still then needs to be aware that dark is open again. Well, it's mixy. Like I get it. But go does ahead, Nero see him? I don't know if he does. He's tucked in that corner. Was that just the craziest timing ever? I don't think because you're so imagine you're sitting in that corner. You well, can't see the left side backwards of tank. So if he hugs the wall, no, I know. But like, corner, it just it, it also just like Nero's watching a whole bunch of nothing right now in the sense of like, that like. In it, but then he like it looks like he gives it up though too. Like you know, like he's like watching like his close corner and shit. But like. It looks like he also turned, but like, like it's also weird though. Cause I mean, I, I can't, I, never mind. I can't dive into this as much as I'd like to, but I, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll say what I want to say, which is, but. which is Vegas got this blood and then again, didn't take the map control that's afforded to you in a 4v3. And because of how passive number five is playing street, how passive Nero is playing their site. They are letting Carolina hem and the two guys tank that are stuck in a fucking corner. And like, that's why I don't entirely always blame them for not picking up dark there because they're getting shot at by two people across that's the courtyard. Not, that's not the people in the middle's fault to pick up dark. Yeah, it's got to be Nero. But so so they just kind of, they got the numbers and then they didn't sort of use them correctly. And a uh, heads up play from Carolina, then find the next two bloods. And now what is a 4v3 ends up being a 2v1 for Carolina. Bomb down, they set up tank, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. They close that. And unfortunately, if you're Vegas, you watch back these three rounds and you're like, yeah, probably could have won all three of them. Yeah, I mean, again, there's just, there's some things that they, probably need to fix which they, i'm sure they know but like yeah like that was that was that was criminal but at the end of the day too like it, 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 get it out of the way in the beginning of the season don't let it break you and keep moving from that but 
That is definitely tough. That is a shitty way to lose. Yeah, I agree, Amar. Four v four v three, and like I don't. I would say for me, the play that the guy on the street. Well, actually, the street guy should push up a little bit. But I think Nero's play is kind of a tough one. Like I don't. Maybe maybe they thought that care. Maybe they thought that it's a three v four. Maybe Carolina is going to play B, but like Nero's also getting call outs that there's like guys courtyard. So I don't know. Maybe he's just panicking the moment. I don't know. But tough one for Vegas because I actually thought that they played really good against Minnesota the series before. So to be one and one this week when they could have been two and oh is really tough. Um, they actually, you know, I thought Vegas would come in this week and really struggle, and I don't think they looked all that bad. The only game mode for them that I'm iffy with them on is I don't think either the controls i thought they played amazing that karachi control against minnesota was a bizarre map uh, i don't want to sit there and go back and watch that vod but watching in real time i was like i think both teams are just <laughs> mega trolling the shit out of this one like <laughs> the plays that are being made are just ridiculous and then i think they got carolina played a pretty clean invasion against them so i'm a little worried about vegas in that game mode um but they look really good in search outside of this map and i know we critiqued their hard for vegas and snd they won both searches against Minnesota and they held Minnesota three rounds and two maps. And they look pretty good in the terminal at the beginning of the series. So maybe just a one map, one map tilter. Um, the problem for Vegas, though, with losing this series is here are the next four teams they have to play. And this might be the hardest remaining schedule that anyone has in major one. They've got to play a Miami team that went one and oh, a New York team that went two and oh, an Opting team that went one and one and should be two and oh, a phase team that's two and oh. And a Toronto team that's one and zero is probably going to make winners bracket. So Vegas is going to have to get some upsets here to make winners bracket. Is what I'm thinking here. I don't know if you agree. No, it's it's tough. It is definitely really tough. tough. I, I'm pulling up their schedule right now just so like people can see. But uh, here, let's see. We have that's that. that. You think about that remaining schedule, and it's you're playing the four four of the top five teams in the league because i think to your yeah. your and i point like seattle after the end of next week we might be putting in the top four conversation so i want to play some respect to them yeah so this is yeah this but is their schedule here this is really tough so mm -hmm. the miami and new york matches are still in this month so they're gonna have a four and then they have to play optic face toronto coming back in january which is just incredibly tough like if you kind of jumble the schedule it would have worked out more in their favor but they got their theoretically their three easiest games on paper first, and they got their four hardest games. That's an insane scheduling out of the CDL, to be honest. Real tough on the Vegas boys, but you know, one and one is tough because the drop points against Carolina might have been really useful because I think they got a chance against Miami. I just don't know, even with how good they are in search. Watching this team play and their firepower and respawns against New York Optic, you guys in Toronto. I don't know, bro. We'll yeah, see. I'll have to see. It could be could be <sighs> tough. Um, let's talk about Miami. Let's, 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 let's get the, let's get some one and O kind of teams out of the way. We'll do Miami and then we'll do Toronto. Uh, you know, obviously both these teams didn't, we'll start with Miami only played one series, so not super much to take away from, but I clean ish three Oh from the Miami heretics, you know, listen for me personally, I've gotten to know Vickle pretty well over the last couple of years, big supporter on his end. I know Chris, you've known journey for a while because he used to be in your guys' organization at the beginning of the CDL on your, your Academy team. Mm -hmm. um and these guys a lot of these guys used to play you know they played for a long time this isn't a rookie team you may look at some of these names and be like i don't know any of these guys if you go to their cod wiki pages individually you're going to realize that these guys have been playing for forever yeah and many of them were in the cwl and black ops 4 when they were a top six ish team most of the season when they qualified in and they came in as carolina match took care of business and 
I'm rooting for them. And I think my question to you is like, do you think uh, you want to see a little bit more, but do you think in their eyes, they got the opportunity to really be like the surprise package next time to CDL? Or do you think they would come in and like, you know, play that weird European style COD, be kind of hard to counter and just be a really difficult team to always get out? Um, I, I don't, I don't think their style of COD was going to be a problem as much anymore. Like it was back in the day, just cause I think they've been playing, you know, I think it's like a little yeah. bit more like similar now compared to what, how it used, like how different it could used to be. But, um, I, I think this team, uh, you know, we haven't seen much of them yet. You know, there's more to see and it's still very early in the season. The reason why I have my eye on this team is just because I think this team, though, they're at least from what I remember, and that's why, like, so we'll see how this kind of goes. And this doesn't carry you through things. Of course, you have to be good in scrims, get good practice. But, like, this team's energy on match day was always a huge thing for them. And, like, it's going to sound, like, like kind of stupid or corny or whatever. But, like, this is, like, the one team back in the day where, like, dude, before matches and shit, like, they used to, like, legitimately get in, like, a traditional, like, sports huddle. And, like, like dude, they, like their, their, their energy and passion on match days... It's like they live for this shit. And like, of course, every team is obviously going to be really, really turnt and stuff. But it, it just seems like when they play matches, they like almost overperform in every match they play. That doesn't mean they're going to go out there and win everything they do and like cause yeah. crazy upsets. Like, of course, you still have to be good at the end of the day, which they are. But like, we'll have to see like how good they truly are, like the more matches that go. But I think this team is always going to, going to be a team where like when you play them on match day, they should be better than what you see on a daily basis in scrims just because of the, the energy and the, like, the passion that they bring to matches. Of course, that only takes you so far, but I do think that this team has a lot of potential if they keep doing it. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a crazy thought on them yet because I haven't seen them see a play enough matches, but I think the way, the way they approach Call of Duty from that standpoint is like no other. I don't think there's a single team that has done that in the CDL and even, like, back in the CWL, the way they do it. So, it's cool to see their uh their atmosphere over there and it's and it's cool to see them obviously get out to a good start and i'm excited to watch them more but right now i don't have like anything else crazy in depth until we see like how it kind of plays out but uh it's pretty cool to see it's nice to see them having them back in the league though to be honest i love it so a couple of things i'm glad you made that take about miami heretics because i was going to say that and normally when i say takes like that i get roasted on other shows well so yeah, Brian, you're not a player it's, it's a roastable take matter. it's a roastable yeah, take it, it trust me i i listen i'm a coach in the COD League, I played Call of Duty for a long time, and even when I played Call of Duty professionally, I was not the player to get into a huddle, and, you know, like, I was passionate and stuff, but, like, their passion's a whole nother level, and as much as I know that doesn't take you to championships alone, it is a big step of, like, you know, not taking any of that for granted, and just always wanting to, like, again, prove people wrong and, like, have that passion, it does take you a long way. It, 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 is, it is a part of the battle, and, like, you know, that is something that they do, I think, better than most teams in the league. But at the same time, there is a lot of other stuff that you need to do to prove it. So it's a roastable take. I understand that. But it, it's also an exciting team to watch. And I'm definitely excited to see how more, how much more they play and just like see how it goes, to be honest. So, yeah, I agree. I don't want to overthink this series too much on like both ends. Again, it's mm, the first series. Yeah, exactly. Carolina clearly kind of tilted at some point during the beginning or middle of the map, too. But Miami, the 3 0 is big for seeding. Uh, they're a team that, uh, you know, the, the middle of the league right now is kind of a jumble mess and they'll take the map count advantage when you can get them. If you're not like a top team, that's always going to be a winner. So mm. yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch this Miami team play, man. I really am. I, I'm rooting for them because if they are good, they're going to bring a lot of new eyeballs to this league. They have a big Spanish speaking audience. These people haven't necessarily watched a lot of CDL since the CWL, like watch top level, that kind of top level COD. So. Hoping these guys do well because I think 
community is going to be really far, really much behind them. Um, another team I want to talk about that only played one match this weekend was the Toronto Ultra. They did actually end up playing the series in front of a little bit of a crowd at their uh, studio. And last year, actually, that caused a problem because of the you know how blatant sound EQ was in the beginning of the year last year, yeah. and they couldn't hear anything. This year, uh, you could tell when they were sitting on the stage, they had like the, the full-on airplane headsets and making sure they couldn't hear the crowd. And they took care of business against LAG. LAG did end up taking one map in that series, a high-rise SD. We talked about earlier, LAG looks really good at that specific map. But every other map in the series was not close. Toronto beat them by like 140 on subbase, 3-0 in control on Karachi, and a 100-point win on hardpoint invasion. And Kleenex in particular is someone I want to shout out in this series because Toby was lights right. out. And if Toby yeah. plays this way for their team, they are a very difficult out. So I assume you agree with me. Like, there's not much we can... Again, LAG, I'm not saying LG is a terrible team, but there are going to be more difficult opponents that Toronto is going to face soon that we can talk about. But this is the start you want from Toronto. A clean, simple series win. Bada bing, bada boom. Some good blood to watch. Yeah, I mean, etc. I was very surprised that LAG played Toronto on subbase, to be honest with you. I was surprised too. Just because, well, really quick, yeah, if, if Kleenex is playing well, this has been like Toronto's theme for forever. Kleenex is a very explosive pe player, double-edged sword type player. If he's hot, he's, your team's in a good spot. He's so aggressive, though, where like if he's not, it's obviously he's still applying pressure and he's still really impactful, but at the same time, like, you know, it's a little different. I think that's why adding Envoy and all that stuff is really good for them, but regardless of all of that, like, yeah, you know, I... I don't know. Again, I don't know LAG's scrims and stuff. And Toronto's a good sub base team, but it's like, in general, sub base currently right now is a bang out map. And if I just look at both teams on paper, I just feel like Toronto versus LAG. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see like scrapping Kleenex forty five times. To be honest with you, like I, that's just like being like from the outside looking in. But maybe LAG obviously is better at that map in scrims than we think or something. But yeah, when I saw that map set, I was definitely a little so, uh, confused. I have all the vetoes here, and LAG has actually picked this they picked this map in both series and they're one on one on it. So they, they got slammed by Toronto, but they they beat New York and they it was a close it was a close map, but and I actually think LAG well, I guess they have won by Toronto more. as well, probably because of leading up yeah. to the match. But I was gonna say like I just like I don't know. Uh, Toronto is yeah. one of the one of the one of the teams right now I feel like in the league that's just like really good at sub base. Just because they, just Scrap because is they, a ratty AR player. That's what I mean. like, they, they have, have a very yeah, they have a very good team. Sub base that. like sub base is one of those maps where like it's just gonna play into their like Solid communication, good rotation, good teamwork, bait and switch, like stuff. You're not gonna be able to like out rotate them and get set up and just kind of like. That's what I mean. This is just not a map that like you're gonna be ratty and yeah. yeah. That, like that's like but, like you're not gonna be like not not ratty is not the right thing, but like the the rotation yeah. stuff. Like it doesn't matter. Like on a terminal or something, like you get ahead of the team. Like you know, don't matter who you are, bro. It's a hard break. You know what I mean? But like I feel like on a sub base, like a lot of bailout plays are possible from someone like Scrap. Does that make sense? Like 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 yeah. someone like Scrap can just bail you out. So it's like yeah, I don't know. I guess in general, yeah. I'm surprised that's as much in their map pool. But well, again, at the end yeah. of the day, there's always something that you just never know with scrim records and stuff. Yeah, uh, again, don't want to blow this series too much out of the water. It's a talent mismatch. That's no disrespect to the boys in LG, but Toronto were your finalists last year uh, at COD Champs, and I think they're going to be good again this year. Well, um, Assault, so we'll see Assault what they also have. said, sorry, Assault also said on Twitter yeah. that they've been playing like, they've been playing a lot better in scrims than like, well, you know, what it looked like and stuff. So like, I'm actually curious to see like they played New York really close, and yeah. like again, you could say that New York. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sib didn't Sib say something like Hydro was on like six different controllers. There was like a whole bunch of stuff that went wrong. Like people, were, people were talking I about talked New York to Dante like, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Dante told me that Paco's controller broke. 
Yeah, so, so like, like that, people are saying New York underperformed in that match, and then like LAG yeah. like kept it close, and then I'm pretty sure after the New York series, LAG like, caught New York on a good day, I would say. Yeah, relatively. You still so, got to close in those situations. You know what I mean? Like I mean, just because the teams have a bad day, you still got to play good enough to win. Again, it's it's but, it's always it's you know after the match yeah. is over, it's easy to say that. So you just don't know. But like Assault was pretty confident in his tweet. I guess you can't really tweet anything else. But like that they looked way better in scrims than they were showing after that Toronto match, and then the New York one is like it looked a lot better. So like I'm curious to really see like how they are playing fully. But yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, the whole like yeah catching New York on a good day thing too. It's like you just never really like no like how much that truly affects it but it does it does affect it too it's like a, it's such a weird thing so. i agree <clears throat> uh so let's move on we're going to unfortunately talk about a couple of teams here to finish off the show that did not have good weekends they all <laughs> went out and two and we're going to start with the boston breach yep played you guys went to game five was a close one close series and then they played seattle and i think they got outclassed and i think for me the thing i wanted to highlight and i assume you agree for me with boston was a search like Oh, and three. Here are some stats. Again, small sample size, three maps. So let's not freak out early about it. But they have in three maps blown seven 4v3s, which I think is is a decent amount. It's early. You got to clean up your execution, but you can't be given pro teams free rounds. as many that many. Uh, and they have been one of the worst offensive teams in the league so far in SD, but um, they have played a fair bit of terminal, and we've talked about that. But I don't know if you agree with me watching Boston play like Respawn is not super bad it's the s and d they seem to be not entirely on the same page you agree with that characterization or no uh, yeah i mean i'm sure like it's like little things i don't think this team on paper should be bad at s and d like slasher capital snoopy and priesta should not be a bad s and d team so i'm assuming they're going to fix some of those little mistakes pretty quickly in s and d they also did play two really good s and d teams as well and like they they played like the S and D's versus us were like relatively close and yeah you know I mean so it's like the the Karachi obviously too and it's like they they probably could have won the Karachi if they didn't blow some of the leads and stuff too so it's like I'm I'm sure like their S and D's any nothing to panic about but I mean yeah blowing seven four v threes is also not a stat that you want to have any time in the season even if it's off the start so I'm sure they'll watch back like little things and figure it out but they have a team that has like a lot of explosive power in SD and it's just more or less like probably fixing their situational 2v2 3 3 4v3 3v4s like type thing that's going to help them so i wouldn't i wouldn't be tweaking too much it's definitely something to look at but they also played like that Seattle team should be very good at search too they obviously. played two really good teams like i i got to say like they had a very tough draw because obviously you guys you know are always never an easy out in any and, game you guys play i'm trying to like glaze but no, That's I mean, no, for sure. And also at the same time too, like blowing seven 4v3s like was also means you're getting seven first bloods. Like you're like, that yeah. means like you're so again, like you're getting winnable you're positions. Doing you're doing, yeah, you're putting yourself, yeah. it's a much better problem to have than starting off seven rounds 3v4. And like, yeah, like, like even though you're not winning either of the rounds, like that is a much fixable, more fixable problem to have than the other way around. So it's not a terrible problem. To fix and it's a lot easier of a problem to fix most of the time so i wouldn't be too worried yeah oh, and in three snd maps they played 30 rounds and they have 17 first blood so like to your point like they're they're getting up it's not closing them out so we'll see if they can improve on that the remaining schedule for boston's a little bit interesting these are their remaining matches that they have they have thieves toronto leg heretics in new york so that's why i think if you're boston i wouldn't super freak out because i think there are some wins in there and we were talking about yesterday on the breakdown scrap uh breakdown flank combo i think 3v4 right now if a couple of teams really like 
but their hard schedules go like one and six. I think three v four might sneak you in, but it comes down to map count. I will say to the benefit of Boston, even they went zero and two, they won three maps over the course of those two series. So like, you know, they they have some they have some of the differential on the board. But we'll, I think well, I'll be more concerned after next week if this is still the same issue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's, it's a little too early. Yep. Um, Minnesota Rocker had a weird. There's a team I don't know what to think about this Minnesota Rocker team because let me give you how they played this weekend. Let me hear it. They played Vegas, and they looked really pretty up to it in the response. We talked about that control Karachi was. If you have some free time, go watch that control Karachi because it was comedy. And then the S and Ds they got slammed by Vegas mm-hmm. like bad. They won three rounds and two maps. That's not not what you want. And then against Optic. They look good on the Karachi search, like really good. Mm-hmm. And then they got completely outclassed on the two hard points they played. Like the Skid Row finished 250 to 193. But realistically, watching that map, I think that could have been a way bigger deficit. I think Optic made a couple of mistakes on like a, um, on some like P3s, P4s. They could have gotten a 20, 30 seconds here or there. Because I was watching Minnesota play that map and like Minnesota got broke 30 seconds on the first P2. Yep. After rotating there. So not ideal off the rip. Then they got into P3, P4 kind of blender of like either rotating early and getting broken or breaking instantly and then getting broken. And with 30 seconds left, they're stuck in between as a team. How do we want to kind of try and get the old time at P3, but also make sure we don't get put in the blender for that P4 like back tunnel hill? And they were just not on the same page on what they wanted to do together. And then they got slammed on the P5s. So yeah. I, I just the mixing those two series together, yes, they won a, a map in each game mode, but they didn't play amazing really in all of them. And they went one for four in, in hard points. So I don't know what you think of Minnesota. It's just like one of those where I guess you just take back all those VOD and see what you can improve next week and we'll see kind of where they stand accordingly. Yeah, I mean. It's not one standout issue to me. Yeah, I I mean I'm not surprised that they got outclassed for the most part by Optic and the re- like at the respawns. Like I just think this Minnesota team has some potential for sure. But then like they they but at the same time like we'll we'll kind of ha- like, I think a lot of people are waiting on Linz and just seeing like you know how he is and this is just everything else that goes along with it. So they're they're a huge question mark for me right now on how they're going to perform. Like normally. Lamar accuracy gets his teams in a pretty good respawn effect when like he has like the right talent around him and all that. But uh, again, you know, a team like optic at the end of the day just has so much slaying power that it's just also just going to be hard to do so. So we're gonna have to see if they can just get on the same page and they're going to need to be a team that has a lot of teamwork and stuff too, that like can also bring things together. So right now I don't really know with optic. I mean, not with Optic, uh, with with Rocker. Just like since they, yeah. you know, the way they looked Optic, it doesn't really, that that's not super alarming just because I think Optic looks pretty good. And then <clears throat> Vegas, S&Ds. Again, I think a lot of teams uh, aren't super practiced at S&D currently as well. So I think you're going to see a lot of things just like kind of go wrong and right until like things go better for them in the yeah. future. So Rocker is like right now, like, I mean, like, kind of just up in the air. They can go, we were, I think uh, they can flip and do well, but I also think they can take a turn for the worst too quickly. So they, they have to make sure like they're on top of their shit this year. Yeah, they're in a little bit, they're in a little bit of a weird zone. I, on the SD thing, I agree with you. I was talking with, again, it seems like I've had a lot of conversations with Dante the last couple of days. Dante, um, AKC, Dante we were talking, it, yeah. yeah, we were talking yesterday. Like he's like, it was me, him, and Nisim, and JB, and a bunch of other people were like, 
Andre's making a point like it seems like this year, at least from his perspective, that he feels like there's people haven't even though people have known these maps for a long time, he feels like the knowledge gap in S and D, like as far as what's available to learn, is a pretty significant amount compared to last year, which I thought was interesting because last year with no red dots, like S and D was definitely a little bit interesting amongst all the other game modes. But I think it makes your backs you up in the point. Even though people know these maps, they've been playing these maps since they're kids for some of these guys because they're not a lot of them. Though there's a lot, there's a lot of kids that didn't play these maps competitively back in the day. Like, in well, because the they were playing pubs because they were like that's fucking what I, that, well, that, that's what they were born I mean. in two thousand. Yeah. Like, like a lot like, of the old heads, know, maybe, but like I always think MC's young, and now MC's like <laughs> MC's probably middle of the league in age. But uh, to my point, I just think there still is a lot to learn on an S in this game. So I back you up on that. Hmm. Um, my last kind of thought on the rocker thing. These are right, the remaining schedule. They play Miami, New York, Carolina, LAG, and Seattle. So this is why I think rocker is interesting because I look at that schedule. New York is going to be a difficult match. That Miami match, potentially, although we've only seen one series from Miami. They got Carolina and LAG, which they should have a chance, and then close out against Seattle. So. Even though this is with Rocker being 0 2, I still think they have a decent shot to regain in this stage. But to your earlier point, like if Miami were as good as they played against Carolina, you're going to play against New York, like 0 4 is still on the cards here for Rocker. There's, yeah. there's, there's a decent chance. So it's, just, it's more like they just got to get their shit together and make sure it's quickly, is, is my point. Just because I think this team has potential to obviously do well. There's some question marks on it, but. They, they, you know, they got to do it relatively fast just because I think if it takes a turn for the worst, it can make, you know, not be the best for them specifically. Yeah, so be, we'll see. Be behind the eight ball. Uh, last team I want to talk about. And unfortunately, I think this team, and there's no disrespect to this franchise. I just don't find this team from my perspective interesting. I haven't. You know what? I'll actually be even more aggressive. The Los Angeles Gorillas have been the least interesting team in the history of the CDL to me. And rarely on a given weekend when we're doing these shows do I feel like this team has been in the like inner circle of relevancies on those shows because they've had a lot of bad weekends. And yes, you're going to say to me, well, Ben, haven't they won an event? Absolutely. But go remember that year, they won that event and then didn't qualify for champs. And you wonder why they didn't qualify for champs is because every other weekend after that wasn't that good. And obviously it's one of the last teams to form. A lot of questions about how that process went about, whatever. And, you know, this weekend... Unfortunately, we're 0 2. They got, again, we talked about Toronto series and we talked about the New York series. Um, should be 1 1, but they're 0 2. Um, do you, Chris, have you played this team in scrims? What do you think about them? And do you think they can manage and, and deal with sort of the negative, I guess, always community sentiment around their team, the Oracle, the issues, blah, 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 blah? Well, in the sense of like we we've played them in scrims. I mean, we've been looking really really good in scrims. So like we played like that they haven't they haven't looked good against us in scrims. But like at the same time, like we've been on a on a pretty good streak with that. But just in general, like uh, I I think this team in the sense of dealing with negativity and stuff, like LAG definitely has a lot of negativity around their name. Just the way like things have gone over the past years, it sucks for the current players on their team. But even the way their current team kind of formed, like a lot of people were very upset with like the roster decision and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, that's their decision of their coach and all that. And you know, they, they're going to try and make the best team that they can make. But uh, I don't know. I mean, this team is not supposed to be a top four team. They played New York and Toronto, which are both teams within the top four or five, you know, like obviously yeah. very, 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 very good teams. Uh, they looked good against New York. 
they should have closed it out. Uh, they didn't uh, in like a very LAG fashion, not saying the specific, uh, the specific LAG team, but just like LAG in the past, like, you know, a lot of scenarios where like things could have went well, they kind of dropped the ball. So like, I don't know. It's, I don't think they have super high standards and I think they're going to work really hard. I think they have like, you know, some of the younger guys on their team that like want to like, you know, solidify themselves and like work up the ladder into this league and they're probably going to be pretty motivated. So it's just going to be, it's going to be tough. Like I think they're going to obviously have to be one of the teams that, you know, really kind of prevail through the criticism and make sure they have teamwork and make sure it's like kind of like they just like bunker down and go against all that. Like I think my biggest problem with them last year was I feel like they just gave up early. I feel like the LAG team last year gave up early. Like I feel like when like things just weren't didn't go their way, mm-hmm. I feel like they immediately like I feel like half the season we came onto this show or the flank or anything it was just like hey this doesn't even look like they're trying like like it literally like it was just like such like a the morale of the team just never seemed there. We're like this time around a little bit different for them to give them like a shot like a shred of light and like you know they have still so much to to play and it's still super early. It's like even after that New York team like assault wasn't like super frustrated in that sense they said like you know we look a lot better like the way we've been looking in scrims like etc etc like we're gonna get back to it and keep going like there this is gonna be a team that like needs to have the attitude to fight through a lot of the bullshit that they're gonna deal with and also just you know from the outside looking in like on paper like they're going to need to have that attitude to beat teams with a lot of talent too right so like i i wouldn't count them out necessarily yet i know lag just has that history of being counted out but like yeah as long, I, I just hope they don't do what they did last year and they they, they try and make it because i think it was like them in london like just were like what are we doing here like why were they even playing matches last year half the time to be honest so it's like i hope they like that attitude kind of goes away and they like they still do it and they still have a lot of potential i mean toronto and new york's a rough start for a team that obviously has like not the highest standards and playing teams that are obviously you know fresh off a world championship final <laughs> So I think it's going to be a tough go, but we, we, we'll have to really see how they play against some of the other teams, to be honest. Like, I would say, like, see how they play against, like, the quote-unquote B, like, you know, the middle-of-the-pack teams. But again, we don't really know who that even is yet. But you know what I mean. Well, so this is our remaining schedule. Interesting point. They have Thieves mm-hmm. next. That's a, both teams 0-2. Must win match. Then they play you guys. Yeah. And I don't, I don't okay, okay. Then they play Boston. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, Miami. So they have a couple of matches in this four against teams that are not in the top four right yep. now, as far as what we know. Then they have you guys. So there's opportunity here, but there's also a world where looking at the schedule, it's ugly. And they're starting a loser's bracket. And then it's in the same conversation with LG. They're just, yeah, they're there. They can't think. I mean, you can say that. They can't, you know, you can't yeah, think. They can't think. I can say that. that. They yeah, can't yeah. think that. That's, that's my exact that's point. I feel that like the they thought last that last year. That's what I mean. Like I, I they, yeah. like it doesn't matter who you play, when they play. It doesn't matter what place you are in and they're in. Like they have to have a whole different morale than they did last year. And if they have that whole different morale, I know they have the you know the new coach and everything else that they're doing. Like they can obviously make some more waves and be well, in a lot different of a spot. And like the time to start that is now. Like you have to start. I feel like you have to start that attitude and culture immediately. And it seems like even though after they started zero and two. They kind of like in their, I'm sure from their lens, they threw that New York series, you know, from New York series, they had 7 billion controllers or whatever. Like, but like it was a frustrating, yeah, it was a, it was a frustrating thing. But like, I, again, I think they just have to, you know, keep that attitude and keep trying, trying to go from there and see like what they can, you know, pull out. Well, well, I'm actually to play LAG versus 
Chiefs because I think those are two teams that had two of the worst hard hard point performances this weekend. Yep. Playing each other next week, so that should be fun. So that's um all the teams we talked about. All Twelve, I think we gave them them some good space. Yep. Uh, we will, as always, try and talk about all twelve in every episode of the show. But Chad, at some point, like we're going to get to the middle of the season, and some of these teams are going to be boring. So apologies in advance for that. Got a couple of community questions, and we can kind of wrap it up. As always, we get these uh, from Twitter, but if you guys are watching this live on YouTube and you have a really good question, feel free to put in the chat and we will try and cover this because I don't think we have a hard out, Chris. I think you can stick around. Nah, I, I have to go soon, but like, I mean, we're, okay. we're still, we're still Okay, never mind then. Complete opposite of that. Okay. Uh, first off, from one of my mods, Trey, Reckless Trey, on Twitter, are we 100% moving to the new patch after week two? And is there any conversation about Mercado coming in? Uh, I think we are 100% moving to that patch after week two, especially since we'll have some time to learn it and stuff. But I, the only way that probably wouldn't happen is if like something's like devastatingly terrible about it, which I haven't heard much. I heard terminal got extra, like really bad. I heard that I heard they absolutely ruined terminal. I heard sub base got a little bit better. Uh, and yeah, so they kind of like swapped the maps. I'm not yeah. sure. So I think we're gonna play on that new one anyway. So like I, I think we're most likely we're gonna be on that patch. I would say like probably ninety percent or more. I, again, I don't know if that's confirmed yet behind the scenes. But uh, and then yeah, Mercado coming in. Uh, I don't know. Like I think Mercado is a good map. I think last year's spawns made it really shitty. I really, you know, I wish I could sit here and say that this year's spawns are much better and they're not yet. So we have to wait and see to see like if they like this new spawn and the new patch. Like I haven't been able to play too much on it since we've been all all on the old patch with scrims and stuff. Uh, make it any better. But I, I personally wouldn't mind Mercado being in. I really don't think Mercado was that bad last year. So, I don't know. I, I think it could definitely be a potential. Uh, is it available? I can even but play I, it in private games I, right that's now? That's my thing. It's like, I don't, like, I feel yeah. like they're not, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can pick it in private games right now. And there's a couple other maps. Like, we talked about Greece on the last episode. Rio is coming in, Season 1 Reloaded. There could be some map pool alterations after Stage 1. And to your point about things on the patch that have changed, I've heard the same about Terminal, that it kind of sucks now. And I've heard sub base, especially P3, is way better, is better now. Yeah, I heard sub now because now better. you don't get this close spawn on P3. You're going to be in this interesting calculus on P3 to be spawned out of. Like honestly, we need to get middle map and hold, hmm. and guarantee we get ramp. Uh, otherwise, we're going to get mega blundy. Just spending 25 minutes, go, 25 seconds going across the map, and then they're just gonna, you know, they're just gonna rotate. We're gonna get the scrap, and then we've got nothing, and they've got middle map. So. Also, sub-base control of, apparently plays better, yeah. too. Uh, they, I saw someone in the chat just said that, but apparently sub-base control plays better now that they fixed it. Um, I wonder if that's going to be a thing. But it seems like the community, most of the community, seems to genuine, generally hate Terminal. I don't know if that would be the map that even goes. But again, I don't even know if they're going to add Mercado or stuff. I'm sure there's a lot someone of Someone asked about uh, Crown Raceway. Like, I know we talked about this last year because of the whole that's Singapore awful. Grand Prix thing. I don't even know if that map is that good, though. That map Man, we that good. Yeah, I think I think it was at the time last year where because of how bad some of the maps were, <laughs> Fortress, uh, we were like kind of desperate for maps. But like with now like a year of having played that last year, Hardpoint now, S and D Hardpoint maybe. I don't, I, Hardpoint maybe, S and D maybe. I don't know. I, I, don't, know. I, like, that, I don't think so. I, 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 yeah, but like the maps this year aren't like great. We we have other maps we can add like like we can have a real test on Greece and really give that a See, go. I don't know Rio from from again. I know you're I know you're iffy on Greece, bro. I, I, dude, people people are talking about Greece. I, I, Greece looks like shit in my opinion. I think the map looks good, but like the amount of water and just shit that like Greece had, like I I don't know. I didn't think Greece looked that great, but 
I still would love to see, like I I think no matter how bad a map looks from the eye or anything I think it should always be tested. I just didn't, I, I didn't think Greece looked that good from just looking at it, but like I would love to watch it play out and just see like how the spawns actually go on it and stuff. But like I don't know, I just feel like Greece doesn't look like that good of a map. I feel like people are just coping that the maps just aren't that good this year. But again, that's a fair point too, considering like I think like you said last year, like Crown Crown Raceway last year would have been a great map just because we didn't have that good of maps. Bro, we so played Fortress not... Control for half a year, dude. Like we're already in a better spot. Yeah, Abizi said that Greece needs to come in. Abizi hates terminal. That's 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 what I mean. So it's like I I would I would love I would love to see again like of course Abizi likes Greece, bro. Like yeah, it's the but, perfect map for him. Like no, like credit fucking corners. He can the lanes he just shimmy and gun people like. But I haven't seen people. I haven't seen people spawn on it and stuff. I haven't watched it from that. So that's what I mean. Like I, I you have to really see how it can be played because like I drew hard point last year. If it wasn't the rattiest map in the wor world with water and all that shit, would have been a good map. But like the way yeah. it played out was terrible. Is my point. Like yeah. if you looked at Hydro from the eye before like all the water you realize that the water and all that stuff was nuts like it wasn't a terrible map so i could be completely wrong in a sense like i i'm, I'm fully for testing it i would love to test it i think every map should be tested at the end of the day because that's really important for the league to have like the best maps that you can have but um yeah i, I don't I, i'm not I'm, I'm not on the grease hype train as much but i also don't think terminal is that good so it's like i don't know so we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of wait and see I, I, but i would love to see like mercado and greece like tested at least also I think the logical conclusion of this is, you know, we got next week and then people probably take a couple of days off for, you know, the holidays. There's opportunity with that three week break to do some testing and kind of start having some pre-conversations about what when it wants to be adjusted for stage two, because I think waiting to have that conversation right after Boston is going to result in what we completely bitched about last year on the show, Chris, with the fortress control thing about like, there wasn't a real conversation people weren't actually testing stuff and we had to bully everybody we can get ahead on that because i really don't want to circle back on, yeah, on no. the conversation we had on this show and on the flank last year where pros were like kind of holding their ground it's like well have you guys tried this shit they say no and we're like well do that first the bpl is a good i mean that's what austin was saying on last episode the bpl yeah. is a good a good place to like test that stuff too because i think again mercado mercado greece could be tested you know, sub base control can be tested. Meat heart point. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not going to be. We're not going to play meat this year, guys. I'm sorry, but um, uh, that would be uh, comedy. I think that one's out of here. But yeah, Greece has like the water on the outskirts, like what Christian said in the chat. Like there again, and also the water in this game is not nearly as bad as it Good was last throw, year. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. so it, it could just be better. But uh, yeah, I think mm -hmm. everything should be tested at the end of the day because. A lot of maps that could look good to the eye can play like not as great, vice not versa, and all that stuff. So yeah, it should always be tested. Uh, one more community question, and we'll get that out of here. Right. From Lysergic on Twitter, this is an interesting one. What team in the CDL you think right now? And I would say we should clarify teams we think that were likely or or might be in a position to make a change after Major One. Do you think it might be a really good foot, good fit for Donny Temp? And just to give context, said Don, I think had some potential. People. Yeah, some potential offers on the table this summer. He said that he didn't want to go and join sort of a sort of bottom feeder CDL team and kind of deal what he did the last couple of years where he's just not at champs. He's tired of not picking champs. He wanted to bet on himself, play challenges this year, and when a good team came knocking, if they want to make a change, he wanted to come and make a difference and help that team have a really good end of the season. And to your point, you know, after the LAG kind of series earlier in the weekend, he tweeted a few things. Yeah. I don't know if he was talking about LG or talking about some other teams, but yeah, Don's in the mix. And so I'm curious um, what you think, what team out there might be a good fit for him? The league just started. I don't know. Uh, we have, we've seen two matches max out of every team. Like 
I think Donnie is good enough to be in the CDL. I, I think Temp is yeah. is a very talented player. Um, I think again, I think he said something about like camaraderie greater than talent or talent greater than camaraderie or something like that. Basically, ensuing the friendship league and all that blah, blah, like stuff. Like again, that both both are important, but you have to be in a, at the end of the day. Like you have to be good enough to compete in the league too and stuff. And he is obviously so. I don't know exactly which team I would say he fits the mold for because I think we have to see like teams play out a couple matches before we make it. But I also do think that like this year and people have learned from the like this like the past like you can't also just come out to an zero and five start and be like it's all good like it's yeah, not all good. You gotta, you, 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 we want to make champs, right? So like I think yeah. if the the teams that are struggling are going to think about it immediately. But again, like Donnie doesn't want to join a team that's just like zero and five in a sense. Like he's going to want to try and like join a team that has like way more potential type deal and like be able to like you know be more competitive. So I respect his vision. Yeah. It's just, I think it's too early to just say that right now. Yeah. I think like we're if I were I'll, I'll be transparent away. Oh, I wait. think like it, Donnie said on stream the other day that he would take any offer from any CDL team, so he might have changed his mind on that. He might have changed his mind, but for the 400 IQ, this for a second is like the minute that one team gives you an offer and you somehow put it out there that you've gotten an offer, especially if it's after major one, other teams will probably come knocking on your door because they're also thinking about changes. Yeah, like saying they like don't want to miss out. Yeah, so just saying you'll take any offer is just trying to get offers on the table so you can get some leverage. Uh, for me, if I'm looking at teams I think Don would like love to go to because either players he's played for with or I think have champs upside, like your Minnesota Rockers, Boston Breach, LA Thieves, I don't think he's looking to go back to like Vegas, for example, or LAG type situation. Like those are. But if they're or, good, or though, the, he would. If they were good, yeah. yeah. But, so, so but that, again, like, that is, I, I think, unlikely. But I, I think he wants to, again, Don, when he's talked about this is offseason, and, and I feel for him on this, I think he is fucking tired of not being a champs in yeah. his mind. Of course. And I, I think I he's think tired of being on a bad team, tired of, of, of basically pulling up to that event and being on vacation and not, you know, and basically in Cancun instead of, you know, plugging his controller in and having an opportunity to make some life changing money. So, uh, and, and, and build his legacy. So that, that's where I think that's out again. With Don and other top challengers players, I know like you know the Hixie Bands team is playing really good in EU. I know Ace's team with Hambrack. Challengers is competitive this year. Challengers is competitive, I think, especially well. I think EU, uh, to be honest, because uh, I I sit there every morning and I watch Banta stream and Marky B stream and Hixie stream, where they slam everybody. Oh, like I, I don't know. I meant NHL. They're gonna sorry. They're they're gonna farm. Listen, no disrespect to everybody in Europe. I think they're gonna get farmed by that. that, that I, team. I don't know enough about the Europe challengers as much to be honest. So. Uh, but I think an NA is competitive because I think people will catch up to Asim and Brex and Kremp and them. Like, I think that team is just ahead. They play super quick. People are going to kind of adapt. And I think they'll come back to the pack a little bit. But right now, that team sort of, it's them, Donnie's team, and then like kind of everybody else in the NA challengers right now. But I think it's too early to talk about the roster change conversation. Yeah. I think the best time for us to think about this is going to be like beginning of January after the first two right weeks. And major then, one is probably going to be that sweet spot of like, if this team sucks at major one, they need to make a change. Oh, I could see a world this year where one team, probably max one team, if it's more than one team, I will be mind blown, like goes 0-4, and 0-3, and, and they're in a bad mindset. A week goes by, Christmas comes around, and they're like, we don't think we can win. We don't think we can make winner's bracket. What's the point of sitting here? We're going to lose our next three games, go to land, get zero points behind the eight ball we should make a change i could see one team oh yeah for sure potentially thinking that way yes also the time during the holidays when you have like that week you know time, like when you have more time to think it starts to settle into or it's like people start yeah. really like getting antsy with it where it's like yo like 
I'm not trying to go to this first major and start off there because I think everyone agrees. You never want to be the team that's trying to catch to that like that like cutoff line to be in champs. Like that is like the worst feeling at the end of the season. So like people are gonna do their most to to yeah. avoid that and but kind of have to see. So I'm sure I, I wouldn't be surprised if one team does that potentially. But I think right before major one, you'll see either the thought of I like, get you know start to be created of like hey like maybe this team should do this and then if they suck at major one like it's immediately like immediate like major one ends it's like yo we're, we're making a change so gotta wait and see. well we'll we'll cover that there while we're here and some said asim teams over don's yeah because asim's team won the cup over don's team that's why asim teams won the team that won the last cup they're number one that's how it works uh that will do it i think we did a successful two-hour show i think we co- yep. oh, i'm actually surprised we covered everything in two hours because i looked at this outline yeah, that was impressive. over a page and i was like oh we're fucked but you and i are efficient we've been doing this for a while and we got it done chris we're professionals ben we're professionals but yeah dude everyone watching this podcast really quick i'm gonna link this in the in the in the description i mean in the chat right now this is not going to be on this channel like this this vod is not going to be on this channel it is going to be like you know edited and uploaded to my crowder cdl channel and every single f- podcast from now on is going to be on the Crowder CDL channel. And then once the Crowder CDL channel like gets more a little bit like on its feet, we'll probably even stream it there. But for now, make sure that you guys all go to the Crowder CDL channel right now and drop a subscription to it because that is where your YouTube videos for all CDL stuff is going to be. Scrap time is going to be. And I'm sure even like other little shows here and there that we do is going to be on the Crowder CDL channel. So that one is where you're going to want to watch the VOD or anything else of that sort. And everybody watching this uh, this show this was the most viewers we've had on Scrap Time on a different platform, by the way, uh, in yep. a very long time. So all of you guys just showing up in the chat, showing love, and obviously, you know, creating conversation and stuff. We appreciate you. Ben, I appreciate you. Obviously, the good old co-host of the show, Ben, the goat himself right there. And uh, yeah, so this is going to be on all your audio platforms on the Crowder CDL channel. Make sure you guys go to that. I'll make a post on this YouTube channel as well to make sure everyone knows about it and tr- keep trying to get the word out. And then, uh, yeah, so we appreciate you guys being here. This was another successful episode. I'm very excited for the season to have started. Uh, we're going to be a lot more consistent with a lot more content to talk about. And um, yeah, so we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And we will see you guys all probably next Monday for another show. Peace. Peace.